What's up, everybody? Look, we got to get to the bottom of two things. Okay? There's been, there's been some angry folks on the timeline and in the YouTube comments in the past week, and we got to get to the bottom of it. Okay? First oh, yeah. thing we did is we fired Mark. <laughs> okay, we don't know if that helps, but he's gone. <laughs> Cut to the wide, Al. Okay? We replaced him with a black woman. Mm-hmm. So y'all can't say shit. Can't say shit. Okay? Hey, allies. I know you like Mark. I know, I know you thought he was funny. I know you enjoyed his quips, but say one fucking thing, you racist. <laughs> say one thing about us firing Mark racist. Yo, we the most allies. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> now nah, we didn't fire Mark. But Mark keep taking honeymoons. He finna fire himself. I'll tell you that much. Oh, fucker, bro. I'm so happy for him for his wedding. And then on Sunday, as I'm flying back, he's like, oh, my God, I didn't know. Uh, we got to take a honeymoon. My parents got us like a beach thing, whatever. I'm like, oh, did they? <laughs> That's funny. They just surprised you about that, you know? Yo, she's skeptical of everybody, yo. Son. I remember you Son. had like the flu. Al had the flu. He's I out. I don't believe that. Mr. Podcast believe that. takes a flight, still sick, filmed your show. And I'm like, where's Al? He's like, he got the flu or some shit. I go, really? He goes, that's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh. bro. Hey, if I'm not sick, nobody could be sick. <laughs> Okay, if I'm not sick, nobody can be That's sick. That's what he said. If I'm not married, nobody can be married. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's why you think Corona's fake because you haven't got that shit yet. You know why I think Corona's fake? Because the wedding we went to this weekend, Al. <laughs> Son. we went to this yeah, Catholic let's... wedding. Beautiful wedding. Mark got w- w- married or whatever. Congrats, Mark. Well, or congrats, whatever. Mark. Or whatever. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. He got he got married, bro. It's not even whatever. He is married, officially married. Enjoying his fucking honeymoon. <laughs> I was just surprised that he's he was so young. I, I didn't know that. Uh, well, let me tell you something. He had a lot of old people at this wedding. <laughs> so, well, so? No, he had a lot of old people at this wedding. Corona, yo. We were in Florida, supposedly Corona capital. Do you see one mask the entire time? Nope. Not a single mask Except the entire mine. time. Except mine. Al had I the only on. mask and he got shamed out of wearing it. Yep. Wow. Uh, Al breaks the law. First of all, we're all breaking the law. But you know when you come back from, I'm going to snitch on you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Word? You know, are, we snitching? Snitching? Oh, are we snitching? snitching now? Now? Oh, are we, we are snitching, snitching now. Okay. Yeah, things are different over here, Taylor. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay? I don't get it, but I think I get it. Look, <laughs> you know when you land from a corona hotspot? Obviously. Okay, and we're going to get back to the miracle that is us not getting corona if we don't get it. We probably should have it. I'm going to get it from y'all, I'm sure. If we haven't gotten it from this wedding, corona doesn't exist, and I mean that Y'all going to find out you got it because I'm going to be the one that shows symptoms. I've been saying corona has it. Honestly, you will. You might die. From (laughs) y'all. And it might be from me. Yeah. But it won't be from me direct. Mark wants his seat, yo. You want to see you. Well, he's doing everything in his power to avoid getting it. He's doing everything his power. Enjoy the beach. Yeah. Fucking takes a honeymoon. Who takes a honeymoon? You're a Catholic. Suffer. He never said in the Bible, get married, start a honeymoon. Where did it say that? John 317 wasn't take a honeymoon. Where's the honeymoon, though? The water, bro, the beach. <laughs> he in Florida. There's water everywhere. 
you better walk on that water first, Catholic, because you are <laughs> taking this goddamn honeymoon. <laughs> Bro, the only way is if you turn that water into wine or you walk on that motherfucker. Well, I forgive <laughs> this vacation immediately after. Whew. He was trying to kill us, Al. He knew he had this honeymoon the whole fucking time. But he was like, if, if Al and Andrew go down there and they die of corona, I don't have to explain to him that we had a honeymoon book the whole time. <laughs> Diabolical. He though. told me on Sunday at nine o'clock while I'm flying here, getting ready for this shit that I can't tell you all about yet, but I will tell you in the future and it will be very exciting and then you'll understand why I'm annoyed. Okay? Ah, yeah, yeah, now yeah. Now you yeah. understand. Valid, valid. In the future, y'all will know and it'll be very exciting. Yeah, that's valid. So, at nine o'clock on the flight, Al, Al, nine o'clock on the <laughs> flight, he goes, they, my parents surprised me with a, a honeymoon to go to the beach. And I didn't text this, but my initial text was, that's funny. Did they think of telling your employer about this surprise? <laughs> God damn, son. God damn, son. If I laugh too, it looks like I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, yo. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, man. But I'm not, not joking. <laughs> I'm not, not joking, joking. But I am super proud of him. And everybody go wish Mark congratulations on his Instagram and ask him if he's enjoying his, uh, his time. <laughs> but no, seriously, it was a beautiful wedding. Yeah. I mean, he looks so fucking happy. His bride You know how so I knew happy. he was happy? It was beautiful. He's, I FaceTimed him. And he yeah. said, I love you back for the first time in the history of our friendship yeah akash always says so akash and i say i love you to each other i say i love yeah. you to you we all say i we love you say it. mark because he's 33 percent gay i feel like doesn't <laughs> say i love you back because it's, it's gonna trigger something yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean no, no. it's like latent it's latent you know what i mean like oh he starts God. to say and then he starts to gag oh i love you <laughs> and that's it and that's, he has to swallow that so he doesn't swallow something else <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we'll idiot. leave we'll leave and our guys will literally go I love you buddy and then Mark will be like see you tomorrow guys <laughs> <laughs> that shit me and Loki hurting my feelings every time yo Andrew love you love you dog yo Al love you love you buddy hey Mark love you alright man <laughs> peace <laughs> he just turns his motorcycle on real loud so he goes see you later like <laughs> Yo, why can't we just say I love you, man? But he said it on his wedding day. I was like, that's how I know he's happy. Oh, all right, ready? Sure. All right, we're going we're gonna to say I love you. I love you, bro. I love you, man. Yo, Al, Al I love you. I love, love you, dog. Brothers. Taylor. That's fucking gay with Al said. You said it right there, Al. You said it in a gay way, Al. I just threesomed us. <laughs> yeah. I made it plural. We all did. We all did. I one. love you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah, man. Anyway, no, for real. Go wish Mark happy wedding or happy marriage or whatever. Tell him you love him. Tell him you love him. Yo, go tell Mark you love him. (laughs) Marky Gagnon. That's his Instagram. Go tell him you love him. And uh, we love you, Mark. I gave a speech at his wedding. Oh, yeah. Unbeknownst to me. I do not like doing that. That shit was beknownst to you before you left. This guy did not want to give a speech. I've never seen somebody try to... Avoid not, it. Avoid a speech, but like not saying I don't want to give it. <laughs> like, like, I got Father Benjamin right next to me. Coolest Padre in the game. Okay. Right. The guy who did the. Did the whole I do situation. Yeah. Back <laughs> 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 the whole I do situation. Yo, I'm only laughing 
laughing because I didn't know what to call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the vows, yo. The vows, the wedding. He ordained them. That guy. He ordained them. Yeah. <laughs> the whole I do situation. So he I do them, right? But it was a whole mass and shit, so it was like, Yeah, oh, it was real. Good. Al showed up. CPT, bro. <laughs> I kept looking back. Y'all didn't come back the same time? Say what? Y'all didn't come together? No. Uh, nah. Oh. <laughs> I Al came I, mad late. I would have been on time back. if I came in. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, where was, it? <laughs> Yo, where was it? Oh, yeah. So Father Benjamin's sick, dude. Like, cool. Yeah. He's like young. He's like 28 years old. Yeah. Like, played ball in college. He's just cool as hell. Yeah. Great. Really interesting, dude. We had cool conversations. Got to pick his brain about the whole shit. Yeah. Um, He was telling me about, like, when bitches try to throw pussy at him and shit. Oh. And, like, how he handles that. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. Because they be coming at was Padre. Was he a handsome old man, though? He's, He's 28. 28. Oh, 28. Uh, handsome. Like- Used to play baseball. Okay. Is he, you know cel- is he celibate? Celibate. He's celibate? He celibate. gotta be. He Say, was, he was sipping, though. He, oh, he was sipping. They could I do that. I know Catholics. Catholics, Catholics can sip. That's yeah. the blood price, yo. No, wine. Wine, tequila. He was, he was sipping. I think they could sip. Right. They was sipping. I think they could sip. You go to church, right? Um, not Catholic church. Are you not Catholic? Yes, I'm not Catholic. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't but count. But that's weird though count. because none I know. None of that other shit counts. N- <laughs> no, that, we don't count none <laughs> of that other shit. It's interesting because all the girls. Nerf gun Christianity, yo. He was knocking all, all that other shit. He's like, yo, all that other shit. Like, y'all birth off our shit. But back in Philly, there's a high school called West Catholic, whatever. I think it's called Cheesecake Factory. No, shut up. No, but it's interesting that y'all say like they didn't drink or like the sex and everything. But um, I knew a lot of the girls there. They were getting busy. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Catholic girls used to get into bunky. Yeah. <laughs> bunky is the word. I couldn't think of a, <laughs> of a better way to say it. They than used to get ass. in the bunky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it in the bunky. And they would save their pussy for um, um, when they got so out of Catholic, Catholic school. Girl? <laughs> <laughs> college. They yeah. saved for college. But while they're in Catholic school, they're just getting rammed in the bunky. Right. Ironically oh. enough, there's a lot of Catholics getting rammed in the bunky. <laughs> oh, this one, this Ooh, one, they wanted. Yes, 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 yes. Well, are you talking about white Catholics or black Catholics? Because I thought it was just a white Catholic or just a white thing. Well, Catholics, <laughs> no, I think most Christians in Africa are Catholic. I know there's Indian Catholics. Sure. I believe so. Okay. I don't know that many sects of Christianity <laughs> outside of Europe and America that are not Catholic. I think mm-hmm. Indian is Catholic. Indians got some Catholics. There's all kinds of shit, but I know yeah. Catholics. Anyway, I mean, South America, Catholic, right? Pretty mm-hmm. sure about that. Anyway, so wait, where, where were we going? What was this saying? Uh, I was just saying. No, I no, the guy. Diego. We were at the table with the priest. Oh, yeah, so the speech. Oh, yeah. So this is how I, I, I got Father Benjamin right next to me. I'm trying to get out of the speech. Now, it's not because I don't want to say I'm proud of him and all that kind of stuff. Is, And I'm not trying to fucking whatever, to my horn or whatever that shit is. I don't want it to seem like I want spotlight at his day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I I want it to be all about you and I want to be all about your wife. The last thing I want to do is go up there and then make it look and then make some jokes and make it look like I'm trying to steal any shot. I'm just here to support. I love you. Yeah. But then his aunt asked me to do it in front of Father Benjamin. I'm trying to get into heaven, bro. So <laughs> I'm trying to get into heaven. So I not I can't say no. I'm like, if you want me to do it, you know, by the grace of God, I would obviously do it. You know, <laughs> by God's grace, if that was something you wanted. I went up there. I you know had you know bust some jokes. It was kind of fun, but then I started like, kind of like speaking uh, vulnerably about Mark and how grateful I am and how much I think that you know he's a superstar and I want to help him with anything he wants to achieve and I'm very proud of him. And son, I started getting fucking terrified. Terrified. 
terrified. I, all of a sudden, Teary-eyed. I was terrified. Was you lying right next to a priest like that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was it. Y'all gonna strike me down for this? <laughs> you know what I really think it was? It was a, usually on stage, we're having these real moments, but we're being, at least for me, I'm being like funny with these mm-hmm. moments. And this moment, the purpose was not to be funny. It was yeah. just to be like thoughtful. And I was sharing intimate feelings about somebody mm-hmm. with like a group of strangers I didn't fucking even know. Yeah. Me saying that to Al, how I feel about Al in front of you is easy. Yeah. Because you know how I feel about Al. Right. Or me saying how I feel about you in front of that, that's that's easy. But like, you know, a hundred people just watching, like, I don't know, for some reason, I think I was like, oh, God. You don't have the defense mechanism anymore. You don't have the security blanket of jokes. Yeah. It's gone. That 100%. was just you. It was, and it was a weird feeling. I haven't gone on stage in 10 years and felt like that. Hmm. Wow. 10 years. So, with, uh, with Mark's permission, when he gets back, I do have a video of said speech. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We can drop it. <laughs> I think I had a couple of okay. jokes. I saved his brother. I was going to go at his brother. His brother brought me up. Yeah. I had something that I locked in for his brother, <laughs> but I was like, I'm not, I'm going to let him yeah, live. You, but you it was did, locked. You did go light. I went like I, I was oh I thought he was going to drop some jaws. <laughs> no, because no. I didn't know there, I can, was, you can't go at you can't go at the bride. Obviously, I would never go at the bride. You got to big up the bride. I would go at Mark, but I don't want to go too hard on Mark because his wedding. You know, roast this shit. I was thinking <laughs> about going at the bride. You're allowed to roast the groom. Yeah, if you're the whatever. You're yeah, I know, but everybody was going hard. His own dad went hard on him. Yeah, That's his dad move. was like, I don't know why you're marrying Mark. That's the move. That's what you got to do. Yeah. His dad is cool. Yeah, his dad, his dad was dad sick. Is cool, man. His dad was sick. Anyway, yeah. look, we don't have to take too long on it. Um, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> I think that's the, the main takeaway of, of, all is he back? of all this. Who gives a fuck when he's back? <laughs> Fucking dickhead, douchebag, going to get married, 23 years old. <laughs> that's crazy. You know what I mean? Kid's still got a retainer. <laughs> <laughs> But best of luck and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> best of uh, luck and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, that's what I want to tell you about. Bro, so we're flying back, right? It's me, my girl, Al, his girl. Mm-hmm. Okay? Al and his girl are walking ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Okay? Al's wearing shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you wear shorts to the wedding? No, no, no. no. I'm going back. On flight. On a plane. On a plane. <laughs> All of a sudden, my girl, for no reason whatsoever, we're all having a great time. Everybody's happy. All of a sudden, for no reason, my girl goes, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know where it's going, right? (laughs) Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. He's even a little further ahead, so she got to like really enunciate, like just up the volume. She goes, wow. Ow, you got little legs. (laughs) Right? So Al tries to like walk it off. I just try to laugh it off right there. This lady locks in. <laughs> and he can't even go away and go, I'm going to go get some food. We're in the TSA line. He's right in front of us. But it felt like when we roasted me on the podcast, it felt like that. No, spin cycle. Like was going but they're so skinny. And I was trying to like lean into it and be like, nah, look at my calves. I got calves. And she's like, no, you don't. Your legs are so stick skinny. Like, have you ever lifted weights with them? Like, she is leaning. She doesn't even know she's roasting. She really thinks she's just describing. Right? It was super genuine. To the point where I got to stop it. And I go, I go, Babe, babe, you can't make fun of Al. And she's like, why not? Why not? They're really skinny. It's like, no, no, no. Like, Al can't make fun of you. 
in the same way I can't make fun of his girl. Right. So it's unfair that you're just treating him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming why to my Why does he have to go back? Like, why can't she just roast you? Because he can't roast her back. <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> you can't make fun of your friend's girl. Yeah, that's a rule. You know that's that. a rule. No, I make fun of my... It just depends. Your girl is different. You can make fun of us, but we can't make fun of you. Yeah. Like, if you're making fun of your friend's, your boyfriend's friend, right? And you're like, oh, you gained a little weight. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, so did you. That's not fair. It did, but ah, no, 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 it depends. It depends what kind of relationship. If I already knew my boyfriend's, like, if we all were friends already, and we, not, no, 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 we're talking about just, it's yes, your friend, if your boyfriend's friend. Yeah. Okay, your friend's right. boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Imagine just coming out the blue with it too. Just like no you're right. shirt you're kind right. of tight on you're you, right. fam. You're like right. that. You're right. You're right. Now we probably got to cut this whole part, yeah. but I just want to say. It. Anyway, I say all that to say this: we're coming back, and this is how Al breaks the law, and this is what I'm snitching on. Okay, <laughs> when you come back from a, a hotbed, a, a Corona hotbed, mm-hmm. if you will, okay, mm-hmm. you have to either digitally fill out this form and they mm-hmm. track where the fuck you go. You're supposed to quarantine for 14 days. I'm breaking a goddamn law being here right now with y'all. Giving me Corona, giving you Corona, possibly giving you maybe Corona. I might give y'all. You might have given us. That's yeah. a fact. <laughs> I saw those parties in Atlanta this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Atlanta, we saw you on the beach. We saw you on the beach traveling. Point is. <laughs> You're supposed to fill out some paperwork or you're supposed to fill it out digitally and then show them the check mark. Yeah. Al just skips it. Wow. <laughs> walks so- around the security, wow. bro. Wow. So, I had time for that shit. I was trying to get home. Yo, what do you mean he didn't have time for it? He, had, he, went, he skipped it just to wait for his girl to fill it out. I mean, I thought she was wow. going to see the play and then she was going to skip it. Yo. She was so tight you left her ass. <laughs> she was so tight, son. I'm not going to front, bro. I'm not going to front. She did. She said, I'm be honest with you. She, she said this. She goes, I go, I go, I go, I go, where's Al? Did we leave him? And he goes, she goes, she goes, she goes, she goes, she goes. I know this anger. I know this anger. She goes, she goes, no, he just left, little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he just run away. He just run away, little bitch. She has an accent. Yeah, yeah she's Spanish. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she white. She white. <laughs> <laughs> she white. Yeah, one white girl speaks like that. Look out, Tolina. Yeah, one white girl speaks like that. What you mean? What you mean? Don't do the Mark hands. What you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, anyway, Mark, all this time. <laughs> oh, oh man, okay, but Akash also went to a wedding sellout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You left. You left our shit. I you did. were supposed to go down there with us, and I then said you went to your fucking Indian wedding. Yeah, yeah. Indian weddings are so much fun. Actually, you been? Yeah, that's cool. I gotta invite you to mine then, so we good. Don't even worry about it. Whoa, <laughs> yo, they're just mad fun. Like y'all turn she up. That care. shit is mad fun. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not inviting you to like, his now. Oh, I thought you said that. I am invited. Yeah, that's what I thought uh, you said. You uh, fucking dick. Uh, don't invite uh, nobody. He didn't invite me. Why am I not getting invited? He didn't invite me to his wedding. Mm, nah, why? That. Why she? Why? Why she not get invited? Akash? Mm. Mm-hmm. I haven't sent out the invites. Yo, this guy. Oh, this guy is a date. fucking asshole. It's cool. No, no, it's cool though. It's cool though. Because exactly. y'all do like this let out thing too, and still be partying. So I'm cool. I'll, I'll be at the let out. 
I don't know what a let out is. I don't know what the fuck she talking about. She just made up some shit. I don't know what the fuck she talking about. She thought she knew some Indian shit. What the fuck is it? I no. think they just let you out the party. I think they were just like, yo, you go out no, there, stop dancing like that. Hey, black people, the real party's outside the venue. <laughs> See me in the corner of the parking lot. <laughs> <That's laughs> that that they put y'all in the corner of the parking lot garage. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, the music will bleed through. It will bleed oh, through. Y'all can dance to it. <laughs> yo, how your Indian friends did you like that? No, this That's is what happened. That's fucked up. I was walking down. That's fucked up. You need to give them attitude so that they understand you'd be like no you didn't <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't how dare you <laughs> <laughs> who do you think you are <laughs> <laughs> listen don't let them disrespect you yo indians can be wild disrespectful oh i know too wild disrespectful like he is to me yeah mm. you're right are you engaged me. he got no. married Oh. And this motherfucker tried to invite me as the elephant because my nose is big. That's what he said to me. <laughs> he invited me as the elephant. Oh, he literally sent me an invitation as an elephant. I just wanted you to carry me into the venue, yo. How disrespectful is that, yo? Yo. That's wild disrespectful. <laughs> and he calls himself a friend. Hey, man. I just, wanted shit. To, I just wanted this to be as close as possible for the wedding. You know All right, keep it 100, though, with the wedding. On level of Indian... Zero to ten. Mm-hmm. Where was it? Be honest. Indian wedding. Zero to ten. Be honest. I what? know it's about your girl's sister, so it's hard for you to be honest, but be honest. It's a ten. It's two Indians getting married. Yo, know, this guy's soft. I'm nice, yo. This I'm guy's soft. I'm a vet, soft, yo. Bro. I'm a vet. You saw that? I'm a hey, vet. Listen, if you li- to go if you're listening right now, <laughs> I'm a vet. Anyway, wedding was good though. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Chill. It was a cool little affair. Animals? There was no dancing, which is the one thing I didn't like. Animals? No dancing. No, no animals. Hold on. They no do, animals. They don't do that. No dancing? No dancing. So they don't. No six don't do that wasn't it. no Indian wedding, bro. It wasn't like an Aladdin. Like. <laughs> 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 yo, yo, let oh me tell God. y'all. Let me tell you. It's what? Hey, Taylor? <laughs> Taylor yeah. brings a different energy, yeah. okay? Yeah. It's a racist energy, but it's different. You know what I mean? Sometimes I love it. I love it. I love what's happening here. All of it. All right, guys. We're going to take a break for a second. Pay some bills. Listen, get that dick hard. Excuse my language, Taylor, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? You don't want them soft, do you? No. Of course not. No girl wants soft dicks. You know, sometimes you've been having a lot of sex and ain't trying to pop up. You know what I mean? You don't want your girl to feel disrespected. That's girl wants that hard dick. Yo, That's disrespectful. Respect her like that. So, what if you could get that instant hard dick, that instant boomerang, that instant bonaire? You can. Blue Chew. Simple as that. Simple as that. Blue Chew. Same active ingredients as in Viagra, Cialis, all that good stuff. Only it works twice as fast because you're chewing it up. And you know what? You're going to get it free when you use our promo code Flagrant. Go to bluechew.com. Use our promo code Flagrant. You can get it for free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping and you're going to get free hard dick for the rest of your life if you want it. Make your girl happy. Ladies, you deserve that happiness. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> tell, your, tell your man to get it. Now let's get back to the show. Here's the observation I did notice from this wedding that I thought was quite interesting. <clears throat> um, I'm having this conversation with Father Benjamin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation with Mark before about like what Americans do. And I think there's maybe like Western culture, maybe all fucking cultures do it. Who knows? But like distill the most enjoyable thing about whatever it is we're consuming down to its most enjoyable essence. Mm. Okay. For example, an orange is sweet. It's sugary. Yeah. That's not enough. 
we need a pixie stick. Oh, okay, I got you. If we just want the juice, yeah. and then the juice isn't enough. Then we find a way to put more sugar in the juice, right? Now we got cream soda or whatever it is, orange soda. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then we find a way to just take the, just the raw sugar, and then we make a pixie stick. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with the pixie stick is there's no redeeming qualities in it whatsoever. <clears throat> right. Right? Mm-hmm. So I was asking him, I was like, okay, so we have this way of doing that, mm-hmm. right? With everything. <laughs> I'm sure you can find every different way. We just find like the easiest way to uh, distill it into just the enjoyable part. Right. Right? I go, there are different factions of Christianity. There's Catholicism, which seems to be like the harshest form. There's a lot of like shame attached to it, like very rigid laws, you know, like the masses are like super long. You're not like singing and dancing, you know. Mm -hmm. Is that this rigid, like what is it with this rigid aspect of it? And then I go like, I go to this church sometimes, Hillsong, right? Mm -hmm. Because Carl Lentz is a buddy of mine. He's one of the pastors there. And, or preachers or whatever it is. And this church is so much fun. It's a concert. It's got lights. All the preachers are handsome or beautiful. They're having so much fun and they're filling you with so much joy. And you walk out of there feeling fucking amazing. It's great. Not even religious. I have so much fun. But I asked him, I go, is that the pixie stick mm. of Christianity? Mm. And he goes, that's an interesting way of putting it. I would never judge. Obviously, he's not going to you know, condemn. But he goes, that's an interesting way of putting it. And basically the way that he phrased it was like Catholicism tries to take a realistic approach on life, which is some days suck. Mm -hmm. Some days are great. Mm -hmm. We're not going to feed you just all good stuff Mm -hmm. because that will not prepare you Mm -hmm. for when the days suck Mm -hmm. and are bad and the reality of life. Right. And I think, and we should talk to Carl and have him on here because I'd love to pick his brain about it. But like, I wonder if that better prepares you for life. And I wonder if having it be all pixie stick, if you will, ill prepares you for when the dark times come. You know, I wonder if all pixie stick potentially feels great. It's like that band-aid, but then the real thing happens and it doesn't give you the proper like tools to handle that issue. What do you think? I wouldn't say it's a pixie stick off rip. I don't know enough, but I know there's some value seems dismissive. in it. It seems dismissive. It's maybe the juice of the orange. When we're talking about squeezing the orange and just That's getting better it. Way of it's still it. sweet. It's still yeah. fun, but it's not devoid of nutrition. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Catholicism to know how it prepares you for life. If I did, I would be better prepared for this, but I would love to hear what he thinks they do to prepare you for life because yeah. it does seem like I don't want my association with God to be guilt, to be shame, yep. to be fucking self-flagellation whatever it's called I don't think that's the healthiest relationship with God as an outsider I would feel like this is hey when the days suck you can still come to God for light for a better feeling etc and that's the value of it but I don't know enough to know for sure and I would love to know why he thinks how he thinks and I'm sure his way of Catholicism is more nuanced and new age than like or more modern than like some of these other old fashioned shits you see on TV yeah like he was saying something interesting he's like Catholicism is the original cultural appropriator. I go, what? Uh-huh. He goes, yeah, anything that's dope, we just take on. Huh. He's like, Jesus wasn't born on the December 25th. Right. Like, December 25th is like three days after the winter solstice. Right. Jesus is cu- the light coming into the world and literally, win- or sorry, winter solstice. Yeah. Winter solstice is- The shortest day of the shortest year. Shortest the amount year. of light. Shortest amount of light in the year. So after that day, it just gets more light, more light, more light. Ah. So what he said was that- 
the 25th just represents, I guess, X amount of days after this, the winter solstice. So therefore, this is the coming of the light. Jesus mm. is the coming of the light. So it's like, and apparently the Egyptian god Ra or something like that also was born on the 25th. So I'm sure that this has existed throughout, but it's basically a bunch of people in the Catholic Church like, yeah, that's lit. Let's do that. Yeah, right. And that'll probably work to get other people who are, you know, into these ideals to come. Right. Um, he said some really interesting, really interesting things. I got to talk to more religious folks. Like, do you talk, what are they called in your religion? Like, Cab driver? Damn You got me. So I did not see a comment. No, I didn't see a comment. No, he deserves it. No, I give him that. I didn't see a comment. No, no, no. no. I'm having a discussion and this No, no, what are they called? What are they called? What are they called? Pundit. Pungit. P-U-N-D-I-T. Pundit. Pundit. So, have you, do you like pick their brains about life? Do you like, are they a resource for you or is something that- Not enough of one because I don't see them enough. You're kind of, it's kind of a detached relationship and that's one cool thing about I think Christian religion is there's like um, a close relationship between you and your priest, whatever, yeah. minister, et cetera. It's, it's like, like another a, father. Yeah. And I, I know religious people who are like, that's my church father. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's a, a closeness there, I think, that you don't necessarily in Eastern religion, as far as I know. Mm. That's really cool. So that's a great thing. So where do you ask all, who do you ask those questions? We have the book, the, the Ved for us, the Vedas. Yeah. Um, for, for six, it's the same. I, know, I don't know much about Buddhism or... And I think for Muslims, you might have a closer relationship with the Imam. The Imam. Yeah, you can talk to them. Yeah. It seems like all the Abrahamic religions have this like dialogue. Yeah. Rabbis, Imams, and then like. You can also have a teacher, I know, in Hinduism. You can have like a a guru, which is where that guru comes from. And that's like your teacher on the religion. Right. We don't have that in Western versions of Hinduism or whatever. We just be living. And then you go to the temple. But that's how I would assume you would get it in India. You just find someone who's like more enlightened and then they... Yeah, and I guess it's helped me in the sense that like one of my best friends is like a deeply Christian dude named Luther who you met. And that's the guy that I can find so much like value from. He changed my life with one Bible verse with Matthew 6, which is like when you do good deeds, it's not for everybody to see. Yes. The people who are like advertising all the good deeds they do, they're just... That's their reward. They don't get a heavenly reward for that. The reward is everybody sees what a good deed it is and they look like good people. People who are doing it quietly, those are the ones that are actually yeah. doing good deeds. Technically, the Bible is an advertisement, but yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, that's the oh, ultimate advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> now, to be fair, Jesus didn't put out himself. Jesus wasn't telling people, I'm walking on water. Look how, hey guys, you know, Hey, I don't know if you know there's only one fish and there was 40 people and I, yeah, I, I made it do what it do. But <laughs> other people did it. And maybe that's the brilliance of Jesus as a marketer. So y'all got that. I asked him about like the marketing of Christianity. He was yeah. like, it's kind of set up perfectly. Like uh, Jesus had these 12 disciples and then they went out yeah. and they like spread the gospel of him. Mm-hmm. So you don't need the person who started the religion yeah. to spread it. Yeah. And now all these people like who are reading the book follow the story and they go, oh shit, I should go out with my homies yeah. and I should start doing what these guys did. Yeah. So it's like built to continue to yeah. grow. Yeah. But um, so I'm on my way back. We're like driving back, right? And I've having all these like religious talks and everything. I start thinking about like, is there a, is there a pyramid what? scheme aspect to a lot of religion? Oh, 100 percent. All of them. All we don't yeah. convert. Most Eastern religions don't try to convert. Most really? non-Abrahamic religions, so I guess. You just grow <clears throat> by having children within. Yeah, and if you find it, you find it. But we don't like. We believe all religions are valid, and that's all. Mike Kaplan uh, had a funny joke. He is uh. Uh, he is a. Uh, I'm Jewish. You know, uh, we were involved in a pyramid scheme, building them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, my bad. No, no. But um, so I'm right back, and I'm like, I'm seeing these like buildings, and I start to think about like, you know, even back in like cool churches that we had, like you know, being Barcelona. You see the Sagrada Familia. You see all these yeah. like beautiful churches in Europe, and the Vatican. Fuck, you went to see the Vatican. Yeah. I never saw it. But these amazing places, and it's like 
the thing that you value most or the things you value most in society or in culture, right, become the most magnificent structures wow. that exist, right? And I imagine in Hinduism, it's the same exact thing. I imagine your temples in There's India. Some, like, I haven't seen as many in India, but yeah. yeah. I'm sure I, like I follow your point. Or like even yeah. you go to like Bali, these are they're like Buddhist temples yeah. that are like magnificent, right? All these ma- massive cathedrals all throughout Europe, right? We've probably in the West replaced God with money. Go ahead. And if you look at the most magnificent structures that exist right now, they're banks. Uh, the Twin Towers are basically building of banks, financial institutions, trading, like all these big buildings. Hmm. You go to. You know, a thought crossed my mind football stadiums. Well, I was thinking back to that. I think even back then, they were also valued uh, maybe almost at like a godlike level because you look at the actually, Coliseum, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But you look at it right now, like you see banks are massive and then you see stadiums are absolutely fucking massive. Yeah. Right? Massive and gorgeous and cost billions of dollars. Billions and of And taxpayers are like, yeah, we'll pay for it. Absolutely. That's a valid idea. You can point. see what society values the most simply by the most magnificent structures that go up. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's going to be... That's a good point. Right? I don't know. I just thought about that in the way. And I'm you like, could backtrack a civilization by looking at the most beautiful structures and you could probably figure out, oh, okay, these guys really cared about this. So you want to know what the pyramids were? Find out what they cared about the most. That's what it was. Like if they cared about God the most, then that was something for God. If they cared about energy or whatever the fuck it was, then it was an energy source. If they cared about money, it was a bank. Was like, it a tomb for the king? That's what they say, but apparently there weren't any of those tombs in the ones that we see as right. pyramids. Like all those tombs were found. Ah, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Like in other yeah. parts. Ah, no, it's just like an interesting, interesting way of like judging value. What Taylor. we really fucking care about. Taylor, we gonna what say Taylor? That? No, I, I was gonna say. I guess it, like what you were about to say. It's interesting what we judge as value. Yeah. Like what else do we big up? You know. Yo. Yo, that was a question you asked the father. Yeah. Um, Priest. <laughs> the priest that uh <laughs> can't really be struggling, yo. I don't know yeah, what you yeah. call these motherfuckers. It's yeah. pe- priest, pastor, oh, motherfuckers. Yeah. That's one thing you don't. <laughs> <get>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I feel comfortable with, my nigga. So, um, <laughs> so um, you asked him, how do people know when they're ready to get married? And then he's like, oh, they have to go through like this marriage boot camp. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then he was like, oh, so have you ever told a couple like they can't get married? He's like. A couple times he's had to tell people they're not ready. And I'm like, it's weird. It's like you put so much faith in this religion. Like, who is this guy outside of your relationship telling you you're not ready to get yeah, with that. your the, your partner? I think That's like a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. And I think that we, probably because you and I aren't as religious, like we undervalue people's religiosity. Mm-hmm. But like, I imagine if you're Catholic, you're priests. That's the direct connect. To the guy upstairs. So I would imagine you treat him with that type of reverence. And if he was like, I don't think you're ready for that, you'd really take that into consideration. Even then, I think as someone who's not from whatever, I I see the validity to it. Because you look at a religious person that's about that life, that's the one of the wisest people you'll see. So even if you don't necessarily say, hey, there's a direct connection between him and God, you might say, yo, this is a very wise person. And he's not saying we can't get married or we're not the right fit, but we have more work to do. We have more growing up to do. Let's put in that work. You're just, it's just a wise person. You can't, religious or not, there's a lot of wisdom in those books. Yeah. Whatever book it is. So if that person with that wisdom is like, hey, you guys might not be looking for the right things right now, 
that says, hey, we can do some more work. Also, he got nothing to gain from it, right? Like, yeah. Some dude that wants to bang your girl is going to be like, nah, you're not ready to get married. Yeah. But this guy who definitely is not banging your girl, like literally only wants you guys to have a successful marriage and be happy in life yeah. and go to heaven. That's his only goal. He's not selling a seminar. <laughs> they believe him. <laughs> he more can't than make no parents. money off you. Yeah. Like nothing. They believe him. Like they'll believe him than like their actual parents who were. Yeah. That's interesting. They'll probably believe him more than a sure. therapist because the therapist wants you to keep coming back. But then if they go through magic boot camp, <laughs> marriage boot camp, and then they get divorced, who fails? The couple or him? Yeah. The couple. The couple would probably. But he okayed it. Like he, yeah, but things happen. He failed him. too. He's not perfect. He failed, yeah. He's not like, perfect. He didn't boot camp him good enough. It's not, a, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a perfect thing. And he, when he says you guys aren't ready yet, it's not you're not the right fit. He's not saying with 100% certainty y'all can't get married. And if he's telling people y'all are probably ready, he's not saying with 100% certainty you are good to go. Let me tell you something. You, everybody knows uh, that shit is up and down. Any marriage has ups and downs. Relationships. Are. I think you guys are mature enough to navigate the downs. Hopefully. That's what I think. Now, if a down comes and y'all both aren't, aren't ready to do it, then that's on me and that's on you. But like, I think you are ready to take that next step. It's not, I think you'll last forever. And I don't think y'all are ready to take the next step yet. It's not y'all aren't the right fit for each other. See what I'm saying? It's not so absolute. Yeah. I was just looking for a scapegoat. So when my shit don't worry, I'd be like, yo, he... <laughs> 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 exactly it's like god don't take this up with me yeah your man your man we came to your man yep. your man signed off on it yeah so mm. speaking of failed marriages you have fucking dr dre bruh son i that's a sad story to hear yo break this whole thing down to me so from what i heard and this is just from where i get my news dj academics is <laughs> Dr. Dre's, I get so Black much of my TMZ. news from Black TMZ, bro. <laughs> I really do, bro. So DJ Academics posts this thing that says, Dr. Dre's wife is seeking $3 million a month or $2 million a month? $2 million a month. She says her monthly nut is $2.5 million. So she wants so she's acting like she's doing him a favor. She's doing him a favor. $2 million a month. $2 million a month and from Dr. Dre, even though they signed a prenup. Yes. They have a prenuptial agreement signed. Yes. Now, she claims later on... He ripped it up and he was like, oh, we should have never signed that. Yeah, every guy does that after you sign it because they know it works. You get her to sign it and then later you go, man, this shit is stupid. But you got never the copy, copy with the lawyer and yeah. everything's good. So this girl's asking for $2 million a month. Now, can somebody make the argument for why she deserves it? The only thing I can say that's like emotional and okay, I can't argue with you is she said he was abusive. If that's true... And there's, there's multiple allegations from other girls to make you think it might be. Yeah. I can't tell you you don't deserve whatever money. Isn't it sustain her lifestyle too, though? Yeah, but like, I but don't But this think... is my issue with yeah. it. Even if I give you that, okay, he was abusive, take whatever money, fuck him. Mm -hmm. This guy's a monster. This list is so lazily put together. <laughs> All you had to say is, the guy beat me, I want my money, fuck him. I would be with that. Why do you get say... money for getting beaten? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't see why you're trying to justify that with money. You know what I'm, saying? Should go to jail. I'm saying even if Ain't even if we're willing that. to, let's say we're willing to give beat you this. Me? Hey. Two million? Shit. That's incentivizing Shit. girls to get beat. Maybe he was Think okay about with it, bro. Like, <laughs> maybe he was okay with the price tag. Maybe he's like, all right, I'll give you two million a month for this. Yo, two million a month. <laughs> Think about that. There, what the prize is fighters don't make that. What if the prize fighters to fight? Well, though. two million is what if Floyd had to fight motherfucking Mike Tyson in his his prime. Like that's not that's a that's a different weight class. You know what I mean? Son, prize are, fighters are very specific about who they fight. But one of them gets knocked the fuck out. If Ronda Rousey had to fight 
whoever the fuck. She would do it for two million, guaranteed. Who's this boy? Tyson Fury. She would do it for two million. And then you'd be like, yeah, that's that's about how much. Hundred percent. I'm just saying, I don't understand the beating. I, just because he beat her, she deserves money. What I think she deserves depends? money if, if for the kids. That's like who? if somebody raises your kids for you, yeah. I think that they deserve money, even if you have a prenup. Like once we have kids, throw that shit out. We got to work something else out. You can't raise my children. And then I don't feel like I have to give you some sort of money. I, I don't have to raise my children. I can go out and make this money because I know there's someone I trust and love raising my children. You deserve something. So say, read out some of the things. She this is go. my issue, this list. Laundry and cleaning, $10,000 a month. She crazy. Clothes, $135,000 a month. Let me ask you a question. If you're yeah. spending 135000 a month, how are you get cleaning clothes? You're getting brand new clothes every month. This how often sound, do you change? This is going to sound fucked up, but you're reading this list and you're like, I kind of <laughs> see. That's <laughs> because he, the way he's been shopping, the type of clothes you've been buying. I'm just saying, you read the list. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You decide to marry her and everything else, and then that's no. That's not worth it. Don't what if do she's that. Spending- Mark that time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a list 135000 a month on clothes, then 10000 a month on laundry. That's off the rip. That's craziness. Okay. If you're spending $135,000 a month on clothes, you don't need to do laundry. Exactly. Just throw the clothes That's out. what, that's what blows clothes. my mind. Burn the clothes. Education, yeah. $60,000 a month. Bitch, are you buying Harvard? $720,000 a year for education? No education on earth is that expensive. If you get $2 million a month, you don't need education. No, you write about <laughs> it. What the fuck you need education for? You, you made all the money. The money's made. How much is that a year? $24 million a year? $24 million a year? You don't need to go back to school. You're an idiot if you go back to school and you're making $24 million. That's your education. That's don't education. go to school. Don't go to school. I figure educate. Let's just slice all the shit. We don't need a slice. You don't need laundry and cleaning because you got $135,000 a month in clothes. You're good. Education, you got $24 million a year. You're good. Entertainment, $900,000 a month. Are it's you- Corona. What the fuck are you doing for $900,000 a month? Yeah, what kind right. of eyes wide shut parties are you having you for $900,000? Matter of fact, they do have the mask. Those are the best parties. Hey, bro. Let me tell you something. If you tell me you're spending $900,000 a month on entertainment, I think you're trafficking human beings. This shit is taken. <laughs> you are a chick looking at women behind a fucking glass and then just bidding on them. Dude, they're yes. hiring Snoop Dogg to come to the house and perform in person. No, <laughs> ain't that much. Snoop Dude, made that expensive. $900,000 a month in entertainment. How that? boring is Dr. Dre? <laughs> How boring a husband is Dr. Dre that your wife needs to spend a million dollars a month to keep her fucking entertained. Maybe. Is she not going to spend none of that on some ducking and bobbing and weaving classes or something like that? If she, if she put... <laughs> we don't see no karate. We don't see no MMA. Therapy, no boxing. Therapy. Therapy's a good one. Charitable contributions. You charity. That's true. He ever he's donating two million dollars a month to battered women. That ain't enough. Now Yo. you gotta give a hundred, and you spend more on clothes than you do on charity, and you making two million a month. That's a lot. You look wild, greedy with that. That's a lot. That's a lot. Charitable donations, one hundred twenty-five thousand is a lot. I'm not knocking charity because you know give back, but that's a lot. That's a lot of give back. That's a that's lot of a give back. Lot. If you, honestly, if you spend a nine hundred thousand a month on entertainment and one hundred twenty-five thousand a month on charity, you kind yeah. of a piece of shit. You kind of greedy. Oh is, shit, that's, no, right. that's right. You kind of greedy. You spend it seven times as much or whatever. Yo, on- Doctor Dre, yeah. divorce. Rid yourself of this toxic queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This girl spending all your goddamn money. Holy Yo, moly! I didn't even put that together. That's why it's called Beats by Beats Dre. By Dre. <laughs> I'm just going, I was trying to figure it out. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs>
you. Nine hundred dollars a month in entertainment. Wow, I didn't even think about I'm that. I'm gonna show either. you beats, Dre. We gonna need some noise canceling for everybody in this community. <laughs> yo, I never put that together until right now. Yeah, yo, the, wow. what's it called? The secrets are always in the images. What does QAnon say? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mortgage is a hundred thousand dollars a month, which is insane. $100,000 a month. How are you spending more on clothes than a house? So said $100,000 a month mortgage. Is not as crazy as the other expenses. No, yeah, it, it's crazier. That's, that's probably the only expense that I can understand if they live in a gigantic house. Do the math. Like gigantic. Yeah, yeah. do this math for me. $100,000 a month, or you could do this math. $100,000 <laughs> a month is $1.2 million a year. Yes. Times 30, if you do a 30-year fixed. 36? $36 million home you need to live in? You need right. to live in a $36 million home? He got like almost 700 M's from that Beats deal with Apple. Like he came real close to being the first hip hop billionaire. So what? There are $36 million homes. And if you're a billionaire, yeah. that's not that crazy. I will say that's crazy, but that's not the craziest one. The craziest one is the next one. Read the next one. Telephone, Explain to me how this is mathematically possible. Cell phone, email, $20,000. I don't understand why email costs anything. I know. That's what email? Crazy. Is she using the AOL CDs? Let me tell you something. You got dial-up <laughs> Your internet got, makes noise. We got the fastest internet a human being can have. What is it? 200 a month? Tops. 200 a month? 200 a month tops. What kind of iPhones you buying every day? That's 20000 a month? She got the Yo, you know what's wild? Hillary should have been using. Yeah. <laughs> $125,000 in charitable donations per month, right? The girl who does her laundry and cleaning only gets 10 grants. <laughs> she got, yo, real talk, think about that. You got potentially illegals that need all that charity and they only get in 10,000. Maybe she's hiring the husbands to play mariachi for them or something. That'd be fire if they did that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this is an absurd list. Somebody must have made up this list. This can't be real. It can't be. There's no way. This and the if, list might be made up, but the request. For if it's your lawyer, fire that guy. So here, here's my here's my curiosity with like how this divorce hearing shit goes. Are you just supposed to throw out a stupid number and then you never gets there? I think. So. I think it's a settlement. It's an out of court settlement, especially yeah. with rich people. This also could be a fuck you of to Dr. Dre. Of I'm asked for two million a month and I'm gonna get close to it and I'm not even gonna try. I'm gonna put together the dumbest fucking list you ever seen in your life because fuck you. I'm taking a bunch of your money. You piece of shit. Twenty thousand a month for my cell phone. Yo, you know what? She could be brilliant. You might be right. And and on top of that, this is where she, something she didn't actually see coming. Dr. Dre got ahead of this. I beat women story. Mm. <laughs> he put it in the movie, didn't he? No, no that wasn't in his <laughs> version. That was the Lifetime version. <laughs> oh, it was one of them movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They, they showed him a little aggressive, but they didn't. He was show him aggressive. Hands on him, but we, we knew that he we beat knew. women. Yeah, we. So knew. now she's like, I'm gonna ruin your reputation. As a wife beater, and he's like, beat you to it. Right? Like, you can't really, like, we've, we must have accepted that Dr. Dre beats women. None of us stop using Beats by Dre. LeBron's still walking around, his wife beater beats by Dre, right? All these celebrities still beats by Dre. For the record, I think he has since apologized for his behavior in the past. You know, one of those, oh, sorry, I'll do better. Exactly. So, like, he's come to terms with it. So she can't really use, that as leverage if we already know it about him. 
You know, if we if we found out Matthew McConaughey was beating his wife, that's new information. You think when Johnny somebody, Depp, remember Amber Heard was yeah. like, "Yo, he beats me." We were like, "Captain Sparrow out here beating bitches? <laughs> there ain't no way he's beating bitches. Yep. He's breaking my heart." Right. That fucks with his that fucks with his image. Yeah. Now you coming in his bottom line. Yeah. We already know Dr. Dre beats women, and unfortunately, we're all like. The headphones is slapping, bro. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's how it was with R. Kelly and stuff. Say what? Too. That's how it was with R. Kelly. Yeah, but I'm an asshole for pointing that out. Also, Dr. Dre been disappointing us since never putting out the Chronic Volume 2. <laughs> Didn't he ever put that out? <laughs> I don't know. Final Detox. 2000 Detox. Yeah. Detox. We didn't want say, no fucking Detox. No, that's what we wanted. He put out that the Compton album. That yeah. Was, yeah that's whatever. What Did we like that? It was, it was all right. It was Pretended right. it was good for So we days. used to being let down by Dr. Dre. You still can buy the headphones. That's interesting. You're right, oh, because so- if like Will Smith came out saying that he'd be, like that would be like complete cancel and everything. Uh, 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 same thing with Bill Cosby. That's what happened with Bill Her little cheating thing. We might be like, when did that happen? We might say that. We might be curious about that. And I mean that. I'm just saying like an act of passion. I'm not saying it justifies it. I'm not saying I'm it's right. Say, clean that up. <laughs> you think we love Will Smith so much if we heard some shit like that? We'd be like, what did Jada do? Now, yeah. What if probably. it was before cheating? You'd be like, it's I always going to be that Because J- Will is such a, yeah, He's such a sweet guy. Yeah, I know. He's such a sweet guy. <laughs> he got an 800 on his SAT verbal, so he could probably figure out like a much better way to hurt her with words. <laughs> he definitely you know do mean? an entanglement. That's <laughs> 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 for How do you know that he had an 800? Son, I be knowing every smart he person. He got into in MIT. Indian. Oh, Indian parents hold all that shit over your head. He got into <laughs> MIT before they had to accept you if you're a minority. Yo, facts. Yeah. Like he got into MIT yeah. before white guilt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. Like that's a real accomplishment. Son, that motherfucker is a genius. His choices were go to MIT or be the most famous 20-year-old or whatever, 18-year-old in America. These are your choices. And he made the right choice. Oh, he had a number one song in high school. Number one song in high school. He said it's the- He was in high school when he, he said that there's song? no yeah. feeling- This is after Independence Day and all that shit. He said there's no feeling like still having the number one song in the country and being in high school. Everything else I've done is not as cool as that was. Oh, I didn't even shit. know he was that young. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Summertime. I, I had no idea he was that young. I thought he was. I thought he was. I know way too much about Will Smith. Oh, son. Like, this is a little. This is a little. That's Will Smith meant stuff to him, bro. That's why I don't watch porn. I just be watching Independence Day. One of the greatest movies ever. He's a co-star, but he's such a superstar. He takes over the whole fucking movie. You remember that movie as if he's the only star. He's in a quarter of the movie. He knows all his bio data. Back Yo, Will Smith. It's fucking tragic, bro. This guy. Accomplish all that, and his wife's getting creamed by by some dude with crusty hair. August Alcina, come crusty on, crusty hair. He has actually really nice hair. No, not that red shit. He looks like crusty. <laughs> <laughs> it's curls. Whatever. He he looks like no, 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 the Simpsons. Side no, Bob, that's whatever. black hair hate. Don't do that. That's not black <laughs> yes, hair hate. Is. That's yes, Simpson hair hate. He's hating on the color of the hair. What do you mean black hair hate? What are you talking about black hair hate? Because that's his you hair. Akash's cousin's hair on right now. That's that's a good fucking point, yo. I'm appropriating a bunch of bald Indian bitches walking around, <laughs> scratching oh. fucking lice off of their heads because you bought up all their fucking hair. Leave they them alone. Donate it. You right. We ain't donate shit. <laughs> You don't donate out there in India and starve to death. You can't be donated. You're shaving off their eyebrows, yeah, giving it to y'all. Where's our charitable <laughs> contributions for your hair, yeah. yo? Yeah. What you mean we give y'all mad money for it? No, you give the fucking shop owner mad money. That and it should back be going to towards y'all, though. No, it no, doesn't. Don't. We don't uh-uh. control that. Huh? We don't control that. Stop capping yeah. her. Let's go. Let's go, Taylor. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
What you mean? But what if when y'all were asking for freedom, the North was like, you know how much money I paid for this cotton shirt? Y'all take yeah, care of. Why you gotta take it there, bro? Why you gotta make it so happy? Yo, we're having a fun light hair discussion. You gotta bring slavery up in it. Jesus. I gotta go for my people. I gotta ride. Oh my God. I gotta so ride for my people. Indian slave hair? That's what you said? Yeah. <sighs> Huh? Huh? <laughs> that's what you just compared it to. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying you can't say, oh, you're taken care of. That's not our that's not our decision where the money that goes. That was oh Alex. One of y'all were saying it. But you make sure that hair is Indian, don't you? Fuck you, Al. I knew I was gonna get that. Anyway, look, that's all I'm trying to say. Careful now. Careful now. No eye shots. Careful now. Uh, <laughs> that's what Jada said. <laughs> oh my god. What? Summertime. <laughs> Yo, you think you ever smashed it to Will's music? Oh, we had to. No. Wiki wiki wobble. <laughs> Here comes the man in black. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about man in black. You know Will won't do that shit to himself after he fell. (laughs) 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 Yo, Will need to come out with the pussy he's been getting, bro. I'm tight. I'm tight, You have been saying that. Why? Why does he have to? Why? He got to even it, bro. Scoreboard is off. <laughs> Scoreboard is off right you now. You know how much crazy you look with that hair saying this shit? <laughs> Will needs to come out with his pussy. <laughs> Even off the scoreboard. Taylor, do you agree with that? Yo, don't, what, wouldn't you come feel, out with as a Philadelphian, wouldn't you feel- Are you a Philly girl? Yeah. That's what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear me say Philly? That's what's up? Like when you were saying your love for- That's where Akash's girl's from. Yeah. Hey, yeah. where? Uh, <laughs> Northeast. <laughs> Northeast Philly, Northeast Philly, yeah. and by okay, that that's he means part. South Jersey. But it's all good. Yeah, but it don't matter. A little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's close. You still say <laughs> Water or whatever. She be saying Water sometimes. Water, your water. goofy ass water. accent that you guys got. Yeah, Water. I say Water like a Water. <laughs> anyway, yeah, water. point is, wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you feel like Will's <sighs> image would be intact if all the chicks he was smoking out throughout the years came out and they were like, yo, "Yo, Will Smash, selfish ass bitch, Jada." Whoa. Wait, will girls be upset about it? I want to know the pussy Will was getting on the side. I cannot fathom Will's been faithful this whole fucking time while oh. Jade is out here getting dickety down, down. I don't know. I feel like Will does like the um, non-famous or models maybe. I don't think he does. I heard he was like... fucking Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yo, really? so, so, yo, that's his business, bro. bro like, yo, this guy's wild, bro. Like, don't share my man's business. You know what I mean? You got a family. I got you got a family. Like, you could be ruining his family. You know what I mean? Uh, no, she already did that. Jade already did that. Yeah, maybe he's not a charlatan like that fucking broad Jade of Pinkett Smith. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a break for a second. Uh, let me tell you something that's very important. We have the best CBD sponsor on the face of the universe. Very mm. simple. Okay, Radix Remedies have literally every form of CD, CBD you could possibly imagine. And most importantly, they got the ones that actually feel like you're smoking something. They got the joints. They got them pre-rolls. They literally look like a joint. It has the flower in it. It looks like weed. If you get pulled over with it, it's going to look like weed. I'll be honest with you. It's going to look like weed. It's CBD, and it's the best CBD on the planet. They got the tincture. They got the drops. They got the balm. They got the night-night gummies with the melatonin making you go to sleep. Telling you, if you're into CBD, this is the best, largest variety, the most flavors. It is the best experience that you will have. Go get it. Radix Remedies. You get 10% off when you use our promo code flagrant. That's radixremedies.com. If you're a part of the asshole army, 
then you will support one of the best supporters of the Asshole Army, and that is Rad Extremities. So go check them out. Promo code Flagrant, as always. Let's get back to the show. All right, yo, did y'all see the Candace Owens Cardi B beef? Yeah. Oh, this shit is so yeah, funny, bro. this is a tough one. This shit is so funny, bro. <laughs> it's a tough one. Why? Why is it tough? I can't say. Taylor, what's your thoughts on uh, Candace Say why. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. I mean, all her points weren't that off. Who? Candace, Candace right? Candace, yeah. Candace is a bad bitch, yo. I, she nice I'm with this. I'm sorry. It, like, I don't want to, but if you yo, listen look at to Taylor's her- face. Can you please get to Taylor's face? Please. Please Taylor, look at Taylor's face. Taylor, Taylor it's yo, okay. Yo, Taylor. you got mad bullets in your gun. Use them. Taylor, it's like, okay. Hold up, hold and up. And I ain't even said it. I shouldn't say it because you're a black man. I and stop that's it, so stop crazy. it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Nah, but sometimes. <laughs> you, you hear what you hear what she just said? I should shoot you because you're a black man. No, I man. said I shouldn't, shouldn't. Oh, you shouldn't. No. But then sometimes you gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sometimes, I'm not, hey. no, I'm not doing that. No, okay, so that. so here's the, let me just set it up for everybody listening at <laughs> yeah, home yeah. that hasn't seen it yet. Okay. Ooh. Candace Owens is a troll. She is the 6'9 of right-wing politics. Yes. And she garners her fans by riling up the opposition, especially celebrities that are in the opposition that have dabbled in the political realm. Candace is an operative, a tool used by the right, okay? She can say all the things that the extreme right cannot say, because a lot of times the extreme right are old white guys. So old white guys cannot tell black people to shut up about Black Lives Matter. They cannot tell black people cops don't kill them. They cannot tell black people that they need to leave the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party is the one that enslaved them and they're just slaves and being used. So they get a black female to do it so that they cannot use her identity against her, right? Because if a white guy said it, There'd be a lot of people just like, oh, yeah, you white male patriarchy. Shut the fuck up. You're just racist. Black woman does it. You can't call her. You got to call her a sellout. You got to call her a coon or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. it is. Right. So she is on Ben Shapiro's show and she calls out Cardi B for being, I guess, a liberal shill. Yeah. Yeah. Which she is. Now, Cardi, she's saying is being used by the Democrats, which she is. And it's, she says it's insulting to black people's intelligence. And it's, she says insulting black people's intelligence. I think that's debatable. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's okay to be used if you want to be used for that. In other words, any employer is using an employee. If that employee wants to be used for that job, that's a beautiful relationship. And what did you just say Candace Owens is? She is a shill for the Republican she's Party. Being she's used. being used. 100%. And if Candace Owens used. was a white man, she would be out of a job. 100%. Candace Owens is nothing without her identity. Yeah. She would be another political pundit. She'd be Rush Limbaugh or one of these other guys that would just be thrown out to the fray and called a racist and been told to shut the fuck up. <clears throat> but she is a lightning rod because of her identity. Nobody mm-hmm. benefits from identity politics more than Candace Owens. Yeah. And she is the one that's trying to push back against identity politics. Yeah. Identity politics goes away. You don't have a job, Candace. And she knows this. In the same way, the right uses Candace, the left uses children to make their arguments. Mm-hmm. So they use Greta Thunberg for the environment. Mm-hmm. Throw a little girl out there. Right-wing people don't want to criticize a little girl. Throw those kids that were in the school shooting. Throw them Parkland. out there and tell them not to, tell people not to use guns. 
That's the last people you can argue with. Not the mm-hmm. la- you're not going to argue with some kids that were <laughs> in a school shooting, mm-hmm. right? So you every political side uses these operatives. Candace is making a true point, which is Cardi's being used. Cardi is saying, yeah, I want to be used. Yeah. I align with these political uh, viewpoints. Yeah. Candace is saying, you don't know what they are. And her point when she kind of, uh, I guess, executed it a little bit further is like, you say you want to save money in taxes. You say you want to do, I think she had a couple other things on her agenda, Cardi B. And it's like, all those things kind of line up with the Republican platform, not the Democratic one. So Candace went about it in this like dragging culture type of way. We're like, I'm going to criticize you. I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to have the the timeline going, oh, you got lit on fire. Ooh, whatever. But the points that she was making about Cardi and when she articulated what Cardi is saying she wants and how the Democratic Party does not service that could stand up. Absolutely. But to say that she's just being used, it's like, yeah, well, Candace, so you're being used. By Prager University, you're being used. Like, of course, everybody here is being used. And are people pandering? Yes. Donald Trump is pandering. Cardi B is pandering. Joe Biden yeah. is pandering. She's acting like Donald Trump doesn't have Kim Kardashian at the White House and Kanye West at the yeah, White House. Everybody's pandering. Yeah. It's election season, baby. It's time to tap dance. Yeah. That's what everybody's doing. And we are going to tap dance on the biggest fucking platforms. Mm-hmm. 100%. And now, that was the only thing that, so all the points you just made, I agree with. And Cardi pushed back on like, oh, they're not just speaking to me to pander to the black vote. And I disagree because that's the only reason why they would speak to Cardi B. Yes. there's That's the only reason. It's just to pander to your fans and the majority of your fans are black people who listen to hip hop yes. and WAP. Yeah. Yes. The best response would have been, yeah. you're just as much of a tool as me. That's just, that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. If Cardi clap back that way that would have been good but i'm just saying and what candy said isn't wrong it's not wrong yeah. you they are trying to get black people to vote for biden that's mm-hmm. why he has kamala too and that's why he has kamala as well yeah. that is a pandering move yeah now the line between pander and service and representation is very thin right yeah i want representation in this movie okay let's put an indian person in this movie are we pandering to indians are we pandering okay. to the left or are we representing them yeah. I, the, the right wing would say you're pandering. The left wing would say this is progress, this is representation. They can mean the same thing, mm-hmm. but you're both doing it, and everybody's fucking doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally, everybody's trying to use it. So, is it necessarily bad? I don't know. Is Candace right that Cardi has probably very limited knowledge of the political sphere? Yeah, sure. I haven't seen Can- uh, Cardi say anything that was like wildly mm-hmm. prolific when it came to politics. Have you guys? No, I don't even think I could take it seriously if she did. I'm just so used to old Cardi. Yeah. Start talking like really thought out points. I'd be like, this is different. Yeah. She's like, I pay millions of dollars in taxes. I don't want to pay as much in taxes. Well, yeah. Okay. You're Republican. Or you're everyone, actually. Yeah. (laughs) No one wants to pay money in taxes. Yeah. You know? So I I completely understand. But this is just like, this is classic Candace. And I don't understand why people fall for it. I know. That's like, why would Cardi part. fall for it? She yes. does this all the time. People though. always Response? fall for trolls, yeah, and I like don't she... get it. Everybody falls for trolls. If you're a sports fan, shows... Skip Bayless means nothing he says. Why do we fall for these people? You know what? It shows insecurity. Yeah. It's like real security would be you can, excuse me, real security is somebody's talking shit about you. You know that that thing isn't true, so you don't respond to it. Right. Candace struck a nerve. And oh, yeah. the nerve was. And this is my assumption. I don't know Cardi, but my assumption is Cardi felt Candace was right. 
yeah. or her insecurity about her political knowledge or how she's being used, etc. The only reason you respond to criticism is because you believe that criticism about yourself <laughs> or it is so abs- absurdly wrong. It's not even the sphere of reality. And even in those situations, you're like, I don't dignify that with a response. Yeah. Charlamagne asked Diddy, yo, did you have Biggie killed or whatever it is or P- Tupac killed? Remember, and Diddy's like, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> honestly, it's like, stop falling for this shit. I don't understand it. Why do people get caught every time? Tommy Laren would do the same thing. She'd say yep. one thing, black Twitter go crazy. We did it to black Twitter. I didn't think this would even work. I didn't even mean it. When we were like, who's blacker, Adele or Beyonce? It's a, it is the most obvious joke. No, he said Adele is blacker than Beyonce. Oh, it's even Adele. more obvious It's a more joke. obvious joke. Did, did you see that? Last week we said Adele is, more, is blacker than Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And then we started going through all these reasons why. Okay. Like Adele, the name is blacker than Beyonce. Like we just saw every reason. Like it was abs- it was the most absurd in the world. Yeah. Like who makes better mac and cheese? Like all these absurd things. <laughs> there were blue check marks on Twitter debating about how toxic this was, how problematic this was. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't and, believe it. And all you're doing is making us more famous, theoretically. Like, that's why, <laughs> not that we did, but Candace Owens, if she just existed and black Twitter wasn't up in arms, she just exists. Tommy Lahren, I, I feel like I watched it happen where I heard about her once or twice, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she just became this thing because everybody would get outraged by whatever she said. There's no substance to what she's saying. Yeah. yeah. Let a crazy person rant on the side of the street. If you, give, if you get offended by every crazy person on the subway saying crazy shit, you just make them more powerful. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. them live. Let them go away. They'll, ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Candace is just going to gravitate towards the, where the money is, and there will always be money for... A person of the opposite race willing to criticize their own. Mm-hmm. There will be money for white people that are willing to trash white people yeah. on behalf of minorities. Right. And there will be money for minorities that are willing to trash minorities on behalf of white people. Yeah, Because you need those Trojan horses out there. And the more upset you get by them, the more their people give them power because they're like I love how much he pisses off black people mm-hmm. I love it I love it we gotta keep supporting this girl she's the best yeah. if he just didn't give a fuck she just exists and nobody yeah. really cares and you know what it's, you know what's a real shame I think about Candace is that like she is a product of outrage culture mm-hmm. but she's a very eloquent and smart woman yes and she's got star power and she's fucking brave yeah. That, that woman power is for good. Say what exactly, or just use that power for, regardless of it's good or not. Justice, not like outrage. Just, yeah. Like, like, not lowest common denominator. Like going after Cardi B. Like, what? Like, don't you have bigger fish to fry? Like, go after corporate <clears throat> maniacs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, go after. Yeah, you can go after Clinton. You can go after. There's so many different things that you can go after. I guess. Like, but she does that for the same reason Six Nine does it, right? I'm sure 6ix9ine is like, yo, I can make really catchy songs, but nobody's going to listen unless I tattoo four, you know, four yeah. little clovers on my face and I start beef with everybody in Chicago. Then they listen. So unfortunately, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. But if but if you could just make the catchy songs, if we rewarded that, that's what they would do. And I bet you if we rewarded Candace just having like a nuanced opinion about politics that just happened to be right wing, but and it wasn't not like- on race. And it, it wasn't necessarily about race. And, and matter of fact, by not mentioning race, she might get way more black people to go- Huh, that person looks like me and she's making really good points and she's not calling everyone that disagrees with her a fucking sellout or coon or whoever they call yeah. her that shit. I'm the same thing. But like, it's like we're the, the outreach culture we exist in is making us lose 
people that could be like really effective and talented. Yep. Yeah. And and that's not our fault only. It's their fault for falling for it. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. could play lowest common denominator every Saturday when we do those pieces. We don't. We take a nuanced point of view. Yeah. You guess you got to fucking be willing to sacrifice. I don't know. It is a much quicker path, but I think the ceiling is lower. Yes. Because she goes where she evokes the strongest response, which is obviously a black woman criticizing black people. And that evokes such a strong response. It is a fast track to To money. the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the middle. That's better said. Fast track to the middle. The ceiling, greatness, is people who build and try mm-hmm. to be nuanced. And mm-hmm. in the end, that wins. But she is fast tracking her way to the fucking... Candace can't be in politics. No. Now, eventually, maybe she can do the Ben Shapiro pivot where Ben Shapiro was like super antagonistic to black people. And now he's like, I'm just a regular nuanced Republican, right? It's like, but. Because he realized he's in the middle. He's stuck in the middle. Exactly. I can only go so far with this. So Candace is going to have her pivot. And then I guess I would say to any of the Candace like detractors, I would go keep that same energy with her and remind her to keep that same energy. Yeah. When she, she will make that pivot. She's not a critical mass, but she's going to make that pivot where it's just like once her protectors and the people paying her are go, okay, you're famous enough where you actually kind of like need to be a little bit more mainstream, welcome everybody in the fray a little bit more. She will make that pivot and just remind her, hey, you are just as bought as the people that you were saying are also bought. Yeah, there's going to be a time where she needs black moderates to vote and she's going to have to back off and then, yeah, remind her, no, that's, you got here with this shit, you mm-hmm. sit in that. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a little break, pay some bills. All right, we're going to take a break for a second. Look, let me show you something. All right, I didn't do my hair today, but you know what I got? Hair. Full head of it. Full head of it. That's a fact. Okay? There's a lot of motherfuckers out there that don't have hair. And you know why? A choice. Don't Mm. chalk that up to no genetics or none of that stuff. It's a choice. That's right. Modern technology has solved balding. Okay? You want to keep your hair? It's this simple. Go to Keeps. Go to Keeps. I've been on the active ingredient that's in Keeps for the last 10 years, probably as long as you know me. Easily. 10 years. Look at this. Beautiful head of hair. The number one reason why a man ages well is if he has a full head of hair. That is simple. Simple as that. So go. Keep your hair. Grow some back. That's what happened to me. Mine grew back. You go to Keeps. And this is what you're going to do. Okay, Akash, you're going to bring that up for me right now. You go to Keeps.com. Okay? K-E-E-P-S dot com slash flagrant. You receive your first month of treatment for free. Okay? That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash flagrant. I'm telling you. This is a no-brainer. Make sure your hair is fucking beautiful. Make sure it's there. Make sure that you're out there thriving in these streets, especially as 2021 comes around and we're going to be back in the club. Matter of fact, all this downtime you got right now, you might as well use it to grow your hair back. Now let's get back to the show. And we're back. Um, I saw a absolutely phenomenal TV series this weekend. Okay. I watched the entire season. I think it was only five episodes. Yeah. They're about like 45-minute episodes. Yeah. And uh, the new season that just dropped, it's called Chef's Table. Okay. And uh, basically, they're these like long form stories where they dive into a chef and the style of cooking that he or she does and mm-hmm. also their story. Right. How they came to be, how they came to be this successful and their restaurant. And this season is about barbecue specifically. Mm. And... I cried, I think, at almost every episode. (laughs) These are so well done, so beautiful. They're not about the food to me. What they're about is, the ones that really got me, are people learning how to dream. Mm. Okay, walk me through it. 
I love a show that is about something outside of the show. Okay. They trick you into thinking it's a show about a high school football team, mm-hmm. but it's really about your passions, your love, your sacrifice, yeah. whatever Friday Night Lights was really about, yeah. you know. And I'm watching the show about these chefs. And I swear to God, Akash, I think the closest thing to being a stand-up comic is being a chef. Explain. People go, oh, comedy's just like boxing. Like all these nerd comics that never yeah. fucking stepped in the ring before. Right, like, comedy's right. just like, well, it's nothing like boxing. I used to box. Nothing like it at all. Yeah. Okay, when you go into the boxing ring, the person standing in front of you doesn't want you to beat the shit out of them. Right. That's stand-up. Yeah. The guy paid money to laugh at you. Right. The guy in a boxing ring wants to kill you. Right. Very different experience. Right. This chef's table, the amount of time and energy that they put in to like innovating and making that dish right, so that you can enjoy it mm-hmm. and their night is made uh, based on you liking it or right. hating it. Just their like validation comes, comes from, from you liking it. Yeah. My friend, my good friend Brian, who you met, is yep. a chef, and we we identify so much with like so much of my self worth is this this food right yeah. here that you love and that makes me feel good, or you're like eh, and that fucking crushes me. Yeah, it's like bombing because it is bombing. Yeah, and he puts his creativity into it. He puts his time into his passion, his love, his innovation. How can I change this dish? How can I make this dish better? What can I do to make yeah. it better? And there's these fascinating stories of different people, but there's this common theme, which is like learning how to dream. Right. Like this guy named Rodney Scott, he's from like this really small town in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And like he was told that, you know, in high school, all he was going to do is go down the block and uh, start cooking up hogs or whatever. And like that's what he did on his graduation day. And he thought that he was nothing more than that. I think one of like the greatest things I've ever gotten, if, if I have any privilege in this world, it is my parents teaching me how to dream. Mm-hmm. Like ever since I was young, just dream. I've never thought there was something I couldn't do because I just dream it. And right. then eventually that is the, the, the biggest um, hindrance to so many people. Right. Is the idea of just even dreaming of this thing that you want to mm-hmm. create, conquer, do, right? And this guy thought he was just going to be there making – he was depressed. His dad had like a stroke. He had to take over the business. And then he started taking over the business. And he started like getting a little creative and like making some changes in the business. Mm. And like you can, as he tells the story, like you can see him reliving him finding confidence. Right. And then he was scared to go out and branch out of his little town. Right. And then his barbecue burnt down. Ah. Uh. And then he started to branch out and do some like pop-up barbecues. And finally this guy was like, please come to Charleston, South Carolina. Right. Which to us maybe doesn't seem like a big city. But to him, when he's coming from this tiny little town to go to Charleston. roads. Is yeah. the fucking biggest thing in the world. Right. And he finally like gets the courage to go do it and he ends up winning best chef in the Southeast mm. of America. And you can, as he's telling the story, you can see his self-esteem just inflating. Right. And he's like, okay, now we just got to see how far we can push it, what we can do next, what yeah. we can take this. Where, let's go some other city. How many other cities? I want to take over the world. You see a guy go from, I'm never going to be anything than this guy that cooks hogs down the block to I'll take my restaurant, I put it wherever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. And it's like the most beautiful feeling because yeah. there's one thing I could ever give anybody is the ability to dream. Yeah. I don't care if there's one fucking thing. I think that little kernel, that little seed you put inside anybody, that is that and some hard work is all they need for success. You might not accomplish every single thing, but you're going to accomplish more. Yeah. For sure. Without that ability. And I'm telling you, this show is so beautifully done. Go watch this show. Everybody listening right now, go watch this show. 
you should check it out as a comic. Oh, I think you'll listen will. to it. Yeah. Someone who's like just passionate yeah. about your craft. Yeah. Like seeing them innovate, I relate to it so much. Mm-hmm. How can we do things different? Right. How can we change things? Like I'm seeing these, I'm seeing these guys. There's this, this restaurant in Chicago, this fucking chef with three Michelin star restaurant, one of the best restaurants in the world, gets tongue cancer and loses oh, fuck. his wow. sense of taste. Yeah. What? He loses, I mean, this is almost like out of a cartoon story or something like yeah. that. Loses sense of taste. It's like Beethoven with music. Yeah, he, has to, he has to make dishes with his brain. Mm. And they developed a system where it's like based on the salt level. He's like, okay, is it salty like a pickle? That'd be a five. Is it salty like, you know, like bread? That'd be one or something mm-hmm. like that. And based on that, he's able to like put together these crazy dishes, innovating. Hmm. Like he finds a way to like make sugar float. And you like drink balloons. It, I mean, it's just, they're crazy things they're doing. And they're just going, how can I push this further? How can right. I make something innovative, different? Yeah. And I was so fucking inspired by it, man. I'm going to watch this. You guys got to check it out. Yeah. I mean, it was so good. And the guys who made it, I hope that they listen or somebody tells them about this because I think they did such a fucking incredible job of like getting into the story, getting into the characters, but also like getting into like what the ethos of the show was. Yeah. And I always think of these things like, you know, people will ask like as far as like career goes, like the decisions that we've made, you know, and like what is the competitive advantage, you know, maybe we've had. And I've always thought it was like bravery. I think anybody who like, looks at the industry can see trends. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm like unique in that regard. Like I think if you just sit down there long enough and you go, oh yeah, I think everything's going towards the internet. Or I think everything's going towards YouTube or, you know, even like going towards short clips and that kind of stuff. But like we will do it. You know, we were flagrant when it was not the right time to be flagrant. Right. But we knew that that's what the people needed. Yeah. You know, we knew that that's what the craving was. We knew this was going to come to an end. PC was going to come to an end. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, I don't know, always, it's just so cool to see. It was like refreshing to see these other people in a completely different field, but like view their craft the same yeah. way. Yeah. You know, like I remember like after doing the views from the SIS special, like I was like, how do I go further with this? Like what is, okay, we did these crazy jokes. Okay, there's all these people in the crowd. Like what is, like, what, it, what, it, what can I do differently? How can I create a different experience? Like yeah. I go, okay, like what if I just, what if I just make the jokes up on the spot? You know, and and I remember like looking at the people I admired how they did crowd work, and I was like, okay, how can I do this different? Like, what can I change about crowd work? And then I remember going like, okay, well, if people ask, what is a typical question with crowd work? It's like, so what do you do? Yeah. I remember going, all right, but what if I don't do the jokes about what they do, but what if I do the jokes about who they are? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I'm talking to you about your identity, right? Who you are, what you believe, and that's the highest stakes. Right. That's if it goes badly. You're super offended. You're yeah. fucking pissed off. Right. And it can be really awkward. But if it goes great, mm-hmm. the fucking sky's the limit. Right. Right? And it's like on that that little thin line between like success and failure is every cooking, a little too much salt destroys the dish. Right. Right? And a little too much edge or whatever it is could destroy that bit with that person. Mm-hmm. And it's like how do we find the fucking way to do it? How do you find a way to – create that even with with the monologue shows it was like okay we can't do live shows how do we do comedy without an audience right how do we figure that shit out yeah you know, how do we switch little things so it's not uncomfortable you tell a joke into a void i don't know i just think that you'd appreciate it so much nah, i think anybody who like is passionate about whatever the fuck their craft is i think they'd find yeah. a lot of joy in it absolutely check it out yeah man. Tune in. you got it you got did you watch it yet al no not yet 
I think you and also just the cinematography is fucking great. Yes. Like it's also dope to watch people at any at a high level of anything talking about it. Yes. There's shit you won't understand with the nuances of the whatever, if it's cooking dishes, talking yeah. funny yeah. with Seinfeld and Rock and Louis C. K. Yes. was like uh, there's nuanced shit you only get if you're a comic, but also just talk listening to people do anything at a high level talk about yes. that thing is like there's a passion that comes through. There's an emotion that you feel that resonates with something inside of you that's like, oh, this is dope. There's one part that you're gonna love. And you'll be there for the whole, you know, experience if you watch it. Yeah. But one of the chefs, uh, he has, again, this is the Chicago one who lost his uh, sense of uh, taste and then it came back eventually. Yeah. But um, he has the most successful restaurant in Chicago. People yeah. spend a crazy amount of money. It's amazing. Yeah. And he keeps changing the menu. Mm. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? We're sold out. Yeah. People are going to come here. It's going to be new people. It's not the same people. You don't have to worry about doing the same dish or jokes mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He got tired of his material like we get tired of our material. It's not for you. It's for me. It's for... He says it. Oh, I, this is why I wish I was watching it with y'all, man. Oh, because fuck. like he goes, yeah. he goes, if we do a greatest hits, he goes, that's great of dishes. He goes, to me... The death, that's the death of cooking? The death of creation. Yeah, the death of creation, all right. Literally, yeah. that's the death of creation. Yeah. That's the opposite. Yeah. We're not creating anymore. We're not pushing. We're not trying. We're not trying to find something new. It's like, this is the new thing now. Doing the monologues is the new thing now. We're going to create a new thing later. We're going to create a new thing after that. We're going to yeah. keep these. That's what we do. It's, we like creating. There's no passion in it. To the point that I look at people who can do the same joke over and over with a certain level of envy, like, how do you do this thing with no passion? Because how do you find passion in the same thing over and over? Because they're addicted to the result, not the act. Mm. They're yeah. they're not addicted to creation. They're addicted to the result of that thing. Yeah. Right. So they're like, "Ooh, I get the claps. Okay, I'm fine as long as I'm getting claps. I won't write anything new. But once I stop getting claps, then I'll write new." Yeah. We get claps on some shit that we write, and then eventually we're like, "All right, I think I'm done with that." Yeah. Right? They get to the point. I know I'm done with the bit where I hate them for laughing at it. I'm like, I fucking, <laughs> y'all are such losers, man. Look at you laughing at this dog shit at it. I know this a thousand times, you regular ass motherfucker. And, and, that's, and the that's joke is me. great to yes. them. It's just you are addicted to the creation. Yes. That's the sign of true creative. Yeah. And that's the thing where, like, you see, like, these, um, oftentimes, like, corporate structures exist, right? Yeah. And what they do is they don't, they're set up for people who are not creating, right? They're, yeah. they're, it's a moat to protect what exists and is yeah. and stop letting innovation in mm. because they cannot continuously innovate. What's the idea with the, of a monopoly, right? If I just control all uh, of the things, I don't need to make anything new. Also, there's safety in not being creative. I yes. know this is monetizable. Yes. I know I can make money on these dishes as a line out the door. Yep. What are you creating for? Don't create. Stop creating. And if you're not a creative, that works perfectly. Matter of fact, cre- creativity threatens you. It frightens the fuck out of you. Yeah. Right? Someone who could come along and create something cooler than your shit. Yeah. I need to squash him. Yep. I need to, I need to shut him down. I need to make sure he's not doing anything. It's terrifying. Yeah. The internet terrifies these motherfuckers because yeah. now we can come out here, we can create our shit and we could put that fucking pressure and make them have to change as well. And that's what, yeah, that's what comedy's become. They're, they're caving. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Now that I think about it, I, used to, I remember one of the reasons I didn't ever get an agent is they would ask, how many minutes do you have? And I would have no fucking clue. Yeah. Because I don't think about comedy and like getting six minutes or seven minutes or eight minutes. 
I'm always trying to do a new joke. I'll definitely do. I need validation. I'm not some fucking guy who's course, cool bombing. Of course. So I'll do the joke sometimes that I love, but for the most part, I don't want to do those. I want to be doing new shit. So when you say, how many minutes do I have? I will go, I can do as long as you need me to do. How many yeah. minutes do I have? I have no fucking clue. I haven't yeah. formulized. I haven't made my comedy that formulaic mm-hmm. that I know this is three minutes and that's two minutes. And how the fuck do y'all even do that? Right. And to somebody who's not passionate about it, that's terrifying. Yep. So you yep. almost got to get to the highest level. You got to be the guy who's lying out the door and then you've proven you can keep changing it for them to finally go, all right, let them do the fucking thing. Yeah. hundred percent. And there is a balance, which I'm sure that you've reached, which is like, well, you were going to say something, Al, what was it? Oh that? yeah. No, I was just saying, it's cool hearing you guys talk about your creativity from, uh, comedic stance and when i first got into this i didn't think of myself as a creative i was like oh i just enjoy doing it since so it was like a hobby that became yeah. something i was good at and i was like all right and then i realized i kept catching myself trying new things like once yeah. i got good at something i was like oh i want to do something that's my favorite thing the old about shit is like it's old to me and even though people still like it it's like ah it's still the old shit and yep. like hearing you guys talk about this every time like now when i do little additives in a little instagram clip yep the only shit i care about are the people who notice those little nuances yeah, and yeah, like yeah. oh that shit was dope that's yeah. the only shit i like yeah because that's that's what i'm doing because that's like, your creative yeah, outlet yeah, yeah. it's like like just like cooking is their creative outlet yeah and there's someone on that cooking team and what he does is fucking salad yeah and he finds a way to make that salad slap yeah you know like he might put the salad on the grill Right? Like, yeah. who knows? You try yeah. to find a new way try to get everything. some flavors out of it. When I start working with a person for, like, camera work, I always start editing or whatever. I'm like, yo, I want you to try everything. That's what. That's how Alex got so nice. Try every, you're That's, like, yep. the thing I like most about you is I'm always trying to find a little thing to do that's different. This is so sweet, yo. But it's true. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> no, nah, dude, you got to let people go. It, like, I love yeah. y'all, dude. Love y'all, man. Love y'all. Taylor? Taylor, say it. Well, Yeah. Taylor, hey. say it. Taylor. You got to say it. I love you, Taylor. Taylor. Um, <laughs> Yo, you gotta say it to me. Up, I, I just met you. You know what I mean? You could say it to Drew, Andrew, that's fucked up. Andrew Schultz, Alex Media. You work with every week. You can't say it. Years, I love Taylor. y'all. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll take the group one, even though it don't mean as much. <laughs> uh, it's safer. It's a safer version. But that is just to wrap it up. But that is an interesting thing about like how create how threatening creativity is, and like how people try to control those environments. Yeah. Right. And like, don't get me wrong. Work being able to like mix with the mainstream is important. Like you've recognized throughout your career, and we've had conversations about this. Like you know that you need to have an hour. Yes. You know you need to have X amount of minutes if you're going to do this. Yes. Or if we're going to do a project that's 15 minutes long, you know you need to have that ironed yes. out. And we've had these conversations. It's not that, and and the people who are truly successful understand how to function within the rigidity of these structures and the creativity of absolutely zero inhibitions mm-hmm. and zero limitations right. and like blending those things together. And that's what these chefs do. And that's what successful comics end up doing. Yeah. You can't be too much rigid because there's no creativity and you can't be too much just creative because you can't monetize that. Yeah. You want to just go tell jokes into a wall? Go for it. Yeah. Great. That's not the business. Right. You want to be in the business, right? Like yeah. if you want to be in the business, yeah. you're signing up. It's like, you want to play for the NBA? You could play pickup. You want to play in the NBA? Be in shape to play 48 minutes because that's how long the, the fucking game. You want to dribble however you want to dribble the and one shit. And one shit, go there. for it. Yeah, yeah, Go be as creative as you want to. Here, you be creative within this offense. Exactly. And there's, yeah. So anyway, I just think it's so, I think it's so cool. And I just think that like, it's great to see other people look at stuff the way you do. Yeah. And I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast and they're not standups, but they're in advertising or they're in these other fields and they're like, oh yeah, the way you talk about standups is kind of how I feel about advertising, how yeah. I feel about art or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, fucking innovate. Put that foot on their neck. Word. You should absolutely do that. Yeah. 
Anyway, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. All right, guys, we're going to take a break for a second. Let me tell you something. Sports are back. We got football coming back. We got basketball right now. We got a lot of things happening. I know you want to gamble and you want to get that gamble on. And you know what you're going to do? You're feeling that itch. You're feeling that itch? Yeah, we're feeling that itch. I'm feeling it. We're feeling that itch. So what are we going to do? MyBookie.ag. Remember, it's ag.com. MyBookie.ag. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do all the gambling we need to do at MyBookie.ag. And this is what's going to happen. You use that promo code flagrant. Okay? They're going to double your initial investment. First twice time the money. you sign up, you get twice the money. They're going to give you free money to gamble. Do it. And you know what? You're going to get a $10 NBA future bet. That's right. All this free money for you to gamble. When you go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code flagrant. Go there right now. If you're going to gamble, you support the asshole army. Make that money. I'm not even going to take 10%. You keep it. Now let's get back to the show. All right. We back. Look, let's talk a little uh, deportes. Let's talk some sports, man. Obviously, um, you know, Bucks uh, didn't get eliminated. Not yet. Not yet. It looks like it's going to be that way. But what is is transpiring is quite interesting. Yeah. Because Giannis has been getting all this pressure. Richard Jefferson is calling him Pippen. Mm. Uh, the whole league is like, where is he? Is he not good enough? Mm-hmm. We've been having this conversation, I think, now for the last at least year, maybe two years, which is until he can shoot, he's just going to be a regular season MVP, which is great, but he's not going to be able to win. Right. Simple as that. And I think it was similar to who else? Who were we comparing him to? Like, there are certain players who are like, like it was so hard for Rondo to get a ring because you could just kind of like sag off of him. Yeah. You know, you create real difficulties. Yeah. For your team, not yeah. the opposing team. Yeah. When you're that easy to defend. Yeah, Rondo is who we compared him to, yeah. Rondo, and I think there was other ones too, but whether it doesn't matter. Um, so he turns his ankle. I can't tell you how bad turning your ankle is. I saw the video. He turned it. He had turned it. I think in game three also, and then yeah. again. He was questionable for game four. My feeling is like, I saw Doncic turn his ankle severely yeah, and come back and play 40 fucking minutes the next game. Right. Finish that game, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, again, I don't know how bad your tweak is. I've tweaked both of my ankles in ways where, like, I couldn't fucking walk for weeks, so I'm not going to put that pressure It just seems to me like maybe the pressure was getting for, to him and he was looking for an out. Mm. And then he ends up, his team ends up winning the game mm-hmm. when he leaves the floor. Mm-hmm. And that has to destroy any confidence that you have left. You're already feeling it right. publicly. Yeah. You're feeling it from every pundit, mm-hmm. right? Every, not just Skip Bayless. Yeah. Everybody is being critical of your play. Yeah. You go down, your team wins. Mm. Are you not built for the playoffs? That's got to start going through your head. Has to. Right? Has to. Start to get a little shaky. Now, here's where things get tricky. The Bucks can't let him play. Because if they fuck up this injury diagnosis, he's out. Just like Kawhi. Chris Kawhi. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. The Bucks. Okay are fucking terrified right now. Yes. Oh, shit. They are shit in their pants. The future of their organization is playing like shit in the playoffs, is coming up on, I guess next year is where he can sign the extension. Yes. He wants to, I believe he wants a test free agency, which is fine. Doesn't yeah, mean he's, he's going to leave the Bucks. the regular rookie contract and then the extra five years. And right. then he's done after next season. Right. Yeah. And, but I think, ne- I think next season is when he can sign that five-year extension. Yeah. No, he's already done that, I think. He's been in the league like six years, seven years, something like that, Giannis. We just didn't hear about him because he wasn't really good at first. No, no, I know that. But I'm saying uh, 
I think he has one more year yeah, left on his year. contract. Yeah. And I think if he signs, so what happens is if you sign to your team before you go into free agency, oh, you do the five-year okay. max. Okay. And I think as long as the collective bargaining agreement is the same, and I think if you do it afterwards, you do the four years. Yeah, okay. So it's a way to like incentivize your own team to keep its players. Got it. Right, and I think remember they're like, "Yo, James Harden can make an extra twenty or thirty million if he stays with the Rockets or right. something like that." He ends okay, up got it. Right? Point is, they're fucking terrified. Future of their franchise has an ankle injury. He's playing like shit in the playoffs. You want him to play so you have a chance to win, but you don't want him to further injure the ankle and then blame you, and then you're the assholes and give any excuse whatsoever. So now you gotta push back against his competitive instinct. I'm yeah. sure Giannis, Giannis is going. I want to play. Let me fucking play. What the hell's going on? Right. So the organization got to go. Don't let him play. Don't. Yeah. And now you look like you don't want him to win. Right. And he's gonna get the brunt of the criticism. Yep. I mean, They're what fucked. do you what do you do if you're the GM? You hope they win. Uh, obviously without him, you don't want them to lose. You sit him out next game, and then you hope he heals in time for, for them to come back in game six or seven or whatever. You just hope. So you sit him. You have to. One hundred percent. Have to. You can't sacrifice. One game where you're down 3-0 and nobody's ever come back in history, it's not worth it. Like, no team has ever done this, and we think you can, sure, but we're going to rush you back from an injury for that? Yeah. For the potential that you might do it? And then Just, don't you think there's a chance they lose him? Because now if they lose the next game and they get knocked out, he could be salty and be like, hey, we lost because you didn't let me play. Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. So it's like a lose But you got to tell, yo, man, we have to look out for your best interest. And then you got one more year to try to convince him to stay, and you fucking pray you win the finals that year. You fucking pray. Because you still got one more year. If this is his last year, it's adios. He's gone. No uh, matter. I don't think he's got it, bro. I heard a rumor. Hmm. Talk okay. to us. This is a little rumor. Not a big deal. But it is a big deal when you think about it, but it's not a big deal. Apparently, and again, not that big deal, but it has big deal ramifications. Yeah. Apparently, there's a guy out there in uh, the bubble. Mm-hmm. There's just seeing, you know, you see all the guys practicing. He said he's seen Giannis airball at least six free throws. Now, you shouldn't be airballing free throws. Yeah. If you're airballing free throws, not in the game, right? Just practicing, there's something structurally and functionally wrong with your shot. Mm. That is something to take into consideration big time. Because Giannis wants to lead his team, he's not going to accept that pip and roll. But if he can't shoot, he's going to have to be Pippin, bro. He's going to have to be Pippin. Because they have all the pieces around him to protect the fact that he can't shoot, and they still can't win? Are we thinking something structurally wrong like Marco Fultz? Wrong? Like that level? Yo, whenever Giannis shoots to me, there's a hitch in it. Have you guys seen it? Mm, no, it kind of like that, hitches, and then he shoots. I, can, I guess I can see it when you A little bit, a right? Little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, either you got to cut that shit out, or... You have to do like some sort of set shot or something like that. Like PJ Tucker, for example, he has a little hitch in his shot, but all PJ does is sits in the corner. He's got one place he needs to shoot from and nowhere else. Mm-hmm. It functions for him. Giannis, we want him to be able to shoot off the dribble, right? Mm-hmm. We want him to be able to play like the MVP superstar that he is. Mm-hmm. When you see the way that he's playing in the playoffs and you see the way that LeBron is playing in the playoffs, now there's no comparison between the two of them, right? Right. When you see the way that LeBron played in the playoffs when he was younger. Yeah. And the way that he's playing in the playoffs now. Were they comparable? I think so. That's how the Spurs won their first, won the, their whole game plan when the Cavs went to the finals and got swept. Just make. Let LeBron shoot. Mm-hmm. Make him shoot. Even I think the second time when they lost, they were still just like, make him shoot. 
It's interesting. That's that's the whole game plan. Make him shoot. Now LeBron's jump shot might be better, like mechanics than Giannis's. Yeah. I also think this is kind of what it is for every great player. It's just in those moments, the magnifying glass is so intense mm. that you can't do it. LeBron didn't win his first eight years in Cleveland or whatever. Mm. MJ didn't win his first six, seven years mm. with Chicago. Giannis took longer to develop, and he's in that period now where it's like, yo, all the pressure is on. Can you deliver? And I think it takes a little while to learn how to do that. Yeah. LeBron had to go get Dwayne Wade to do it. Now, Dwayne Wade wasn't as good of a player as him, but mentally he was ready for it. So that first year... All right, cool, I'm here. And then I think the next year, Dwayne Wade got hurt, but he said to LeBron, you got to take this over. And he did, but it, it's not easy, man. It's not a fucking easy thing how to much do. do you think that, how much do you think getting over the hump is an actual thing? I think it's huge. Really? I think it's huge. I bet if you look at Kyle Lowry's playoff numbers, if they win this series, because that. that's the guy we used to talk about. He's so in his head. He's reading self-help books and all that. <laughs> and then he got that finals. And I, I said this, and this is what I think Harden is doing now. Kyle Lowry was like, all right, maybe I can't score. Maybe my shot will be off, but I can give effort. I can go get loose balls. I can dive. I can do that. I'll help my team win. Then they won the finals. And I think mentally, I bet if you watch him in big games now, he'll be a different player. Interesting. James Harden, I think, is doing that where it's like, hey, I might not always have my shot in big moments. Maybe I miss fucking 33s or whatever in a game seven against the Warriors, but I can play my ass off on defense. Even if he, I heard he was out of bounds or something on the series saving block against OKC, but he, he went out there and got the block. Like, he played defense. He's playing defense. Right. If you can get over the hump, then the offense is like, oh, I'm good. I already did this. I'm mentally clear. And I was thinking Giannis airballing free throws in practice, he might just be so in his head right now yeah. that he's just, I even in practice, I'm fucked. And once you, but once you get over that hump, that's all gone. I got my, the monkey's off my back. What's in my head? Can he repeat? Sure, that's there, but that's a much smaller thing than can he get one. Mm. How much can we put that, like, the monkey being on your back, right? Mm-hmm. How much through psychological warfare can I put a monkey on someone's back? Oh, heavily. I'm sure that's 99% of the trash talk. You think? You can't say you're not better than me, or you can't say you're better than me. That's not the case for most players in the league. Yeah. But it is, you can't get this done. You're not good enough. Yeah, that's that, a thing. That comes on and off the court, too. Because, like, the media oh, constantly saying, oh, yes. he his shots off, his shots off. Every shots question off. is yeah, about it. Like, like, you can see how he was getting snappy. He's constantly being reminded of that. Yeah. From outside and then in his own. And you're in the bubble, so it's not like you could go to a restaurant and like cut loose. Yeah. You literally surrounded by the motherfuckers who are judging you, right? You got the team that you're playing in the same at least neighborhood, right? I mean, you just can't escape. I bet if you ask Paul George what's his biggest regret, it would be naming myself playoff P. He is not living up to it, B. Because that once now you put that on your own shoulders and every bad game you have. I think Melo said to him, You can't take that back now. You have a bad game. You're playoff P with a bad game for the rest of your career. They're going to be like, you playoff P? Really? Playoff P? Uh-huh. And I, I'm sure that's just living in his head. What the fuck did I do this for? <laughs> Why did I bring this on myself? I'm not built for it. He really is not. No. Most people aren't. It's interesting how you see like, yeah, that's true. Most people aren't. It is the rarest of rare. All these guys are unicorns. The rarest of the unicorns is the one that's like, I'm built for it. Yeah. Michael Jordan was built for it. Even yeah. then, it took him a while. But he's built for it. I think Doncic is built for it. Yeah, I think LeBron had to build himself up to it. Yeah, LeBron is like doing everything in his power to live up to that, but he might not have it instinctually. Kobe had it. Yeah, Kobe was a killer. Oh my God, yeah. Dwayne Kobe Wade had it. LeBron had to develop it. I feel Kobe had it, but he still even had to develop you know it what? a little bit because he had Shaq there. No, 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 no. He, yeah, that's like, true. But he would go at it. I think he had that killer Kobe instinct. Yes, from you, you know, game you know, one. You know what yes. it's like? It's like <laughs> it's a language. 
Like some people grow up speaking the language, yeah, and some people got to learn it, right? And I think all LeBron Kobe did was say what play basketball all day. Yeah, long. Kobe, I Kobe, think had it. Yeah, he I had think it. Kobe was like sociopathic enough where yes. he was just so isolated. Go. He talked about the first time. There's an old video clip of him talking about the first time he played against Michael Jordan. Yeah, and he's like. I'm not afraid of you. I want to know what the big deal is. I want to see how I measure up against you. He's a fucking 19 year old kid in the All Star game, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Oh fucking punk! And he's like, yeah, I want to see what the big deal is. Let's see what the big. Who the fuck thinks like that? Yeah, that's the kind of person you got to be. You got to be yeah. Kobe. Michael Jordan yeah. thought the same thing, and that's why Jordan took a liking to him in the mm-hmm. end. Is like, and oh, they, that's me. They grew up knowing the language. Of yes, it. like often how people talk about uh, Chappelle, even ourselves, we talk about Chappelle. Ch- Chappelle speaks the language of comedy. Yes, he's fluent in it. And then there are other people who learn the language, like ESL. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think LeBron is just so athletically gifted, so fucking brilliant in terms of game IQ. But the killer instinct is a second language that mm-hmm. he's had to learn. Right. And I think he speaks it really well. Yeah. He's not as fluent as Jordan. It's just a little bit different when you're born with it. Exactly. Yeah. But you could get there. Yeah. Especially when you have those athletic gifts, you yeah. could get there. But there's some people like Reggie Miller, that motherfucker was born with that shit. Yeah. yeah. Like there are certain people, Luca might got it, bro. He might. He I'm might. trying to think who else. Who but, else is like? But Luca's been to the big game, just not here. No, that's, that's another true. thing we that's forget. So he, he was playing in the Euro League yeah. at the highest level, and and here's the thing: we don't take Euro basketball serious. Yeah, but, but when you're in Europe, <laughs> that's the yeah. big that's game. That's the shit. I think and I think he won he a went, championship and was MVP. I think, but I think even to Luca to that point, I think even like his first time in, he like splashed a three off rip, like he was ready. There was yep, yep. he seemed ready off rip. But don't you think that that's yes, valuable? that helped like, for sure. Oh, that helped. I think mentally Dwayne Wade had it. Physically, his body didn't hold up, yep. but mentally he had it, yo. He was about it. Okay. I remember, yeah. this is a real quick thing, as I'm no, no, watching no, no, the Mavs no. blow the finals in 2006. Yeah. Game five, where he's at the free throw line way too often. But after one or two of his free throws in a huge moment, he looks at somebody on the Mavs on the side and he just goes, I live for these moments. And uh, splashes both sure. free throws. And nobody brought that up. You can read his, his lips, and he didn't cuss at the time. Read his lips perfectly clearly. I live for these moments. I love he it. was fucking about it, yo. Let's go. Okay, what's more tragic? Having the skills mm-hmm. and not having the killer instinct right. or having the killer instinct and then your body not holding up. So essentially, Ooh. being Chris Paul yeah, or being let's someone who just, who just freaks out in the finals, James Harden. Right. What's more tragic, being James Hall, Paul or being James, James Harden or Chris Paul? I think Chris Paul is more tragic. Wait, what's Chris Paul again? He's Chris a killer Paul is a mentally. Killer. Okay. He's got it up here. His fucking game IQ is insane. He's an absolutely amazing player. Okay. But physically, he will break down. This season is different. And because it was different, he almost took them into the fucking next round yeah. by himself. Okay. But his body will break down in the playoffs because it just cannot take the wear and tear. He's just genetically not built to take the wear and tear necessary for the killer instinct that he has okay. to be effective versus versus um, James Harden which has all the skills in the fucking world but he doesn't have the killer instinct okay. so he starts to fade when the going gets tough versus worries which 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 I would you rather I would rather be fuck I think I would rather be Chris Paul because I know it's just my body wouldn't hold up. Yep. But for that reason, I find it more tragic from the outside. Like, yo, this guy has everything. He just wasn't born with the physical gifts to get there. Yeah, that's, that's, some that's level, more tragic. If yeah, because yeah, on some level, if you're James Harden, you know yeah. you don't got that killer. Yes. So you could sleep. You could be like, I'm nice as fuck. Yeah. But I'm not really that killer instinct. So that's why I haven't won. And you know what? I'm okay with that because I'll still give any of these guys buckets one-on-one. Yeah. So personally, I would rather be Harden. 
You could sleep easier as Hardy. Sleep easier. Yeah. You don't sleep as as CP3, but you know you gave everything. That's interesting. Yeah. Like James Harden is going to go through his career, whether he gets a ring or not, as whatever. But he'll be like, I was nicer than all these motherfuckers. I was one of the best offensive players. CP3 going to go through his career going, man, if I had the... If I had the recovery power of LeBron, mm. or if my body held up like one of these other motherfuckers, I would have had all the rings. Mm. Yeah. He's gonna be bitter. Yeah. Now that's gonna kill him. Yeah. That might be worse. Yeah. You always wanna have the killer instinct, but that's that true. might be fucking worse. You want me over, Al? You want me the fuck over? You're gonna be tortured. Yeah. Can you imagine Michael Jordan was had Chris Paul's body? Oh my god. I don't that's think he could live. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> He would kill himself. He would kill literally. Kobe the dude, would kill himself. Say what? Kobe would. Kobe, oh, absolutely. Kobe would not have tolerated it. <laughs> yes, at all. I mean, even Kobe coming back from the Achilles injury, like I feel like that was just it's driving him crazy. It was driving yeah, him crazy. Driving, yeah, that's unbelievable. Now that playoffs, playoffs have been kind of interesting. What about what about football? What we got going on football? It starts Sunday, back. and yeah. nobody has even thought about it. That's what's crazy <laughs> to me. The whole yeah, my whole football that? point. Because there's normally all this buildup of preseason games that you fucking hate, but they remind you football is coming. You hear training camp shit every day, but now training camp is closed off. Even reporters can barely get in. So there's just none of the buildup. And it's just going to start Sunday, and I think it's going to be lit as fuck. But you're going to be like, oh, I forgot, dude. Normally, there's all this anticipation, and we haven't gotten to see any of the buildup. Just hard knocks, but that's it. But why is that not enough? Like, I feel like there's no media coming out about NFL whatsoever. There's not even like cool storylines. Like, Shaquem Griffin got dropped. Alex Smith is still on the roster. Like, you have weird stuff like that. But yeah, but it's just if you can cover it, if a reporter can cover it fully, he can write about it more fully. There's more reporters writing about it. We get into it. Nobody's in the bubble. I guess there are things happening in the bubble, but the bubble is also we're hopping right into the playoffs. Yeah, we didn't yeah, give yeah, a fuck yeah, about yeah, the regular yeah, season yeah, games yeah, before. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The that's only right. reason we care, kind of looking back, is we're like, oh, Milwaukee never looked right when they got back. Oh, LA is looking right now, but I see how they lost to Portland because they were sleepwalking those first eight games. Mm. That's just preamble. Now we're in the playoffs, high stakes. When the regular season starts in the NFL, every game is high stakes. I think we'll be like, let's go. By like week two or three, I think we'll be back NFL talk all day. Really? I think, yeah. Because we're watching games. We're like in it. Yo, I wonder if, hmm, I wonder if football being back Mm -hmm. is enough of a catalyst to calm down all the rioting and protests that are happening right now in America. I wonder if simply football Why basketball wasn't enough? I don't think basketball, because there's so many games and you know there's going to be games happening, like, it almost feels like basketball's omnipresent. Like, you're like, let me turn on the TV. Ah, there's going to be some basketball. Like, it's just always there. Football has this way because it's pretty much one or two days, I guess. Thursday every once in a while? Thursday, Monday, Sunday. So... But it's only four months and you only get 16 games. Yeah, Everything is super high stakes. Yeah, like... And not only is it super high stakes, it's like the game itself is high stakes. Yeah. Your guy could go down any fucking game, right? Yeah, like dude. anything can happen with this fucking sport, right? And I just think if there's no uh, fans in the stands, it's like you don't have the chance of this group and that group coming together rooting for the same team. So they're still at home doing it in the privacy of their own home. And then once the game is over, you can go back and root for your side politically but like when you're at the game it's like you can have Black Lives Matter dude and you could have Trump right there but if you're both fucking Nets fans I mean Giants fans yeah 
It might just you be distraction. Right now, we I was have thinking no more distraction, not like it's going to bring us together, yeah. but more like distraction, conversation. Something even, to occupy my mind. Yeah, yo. like even fantasy. Like people love fantasy, bro. Yeah, I don't I really don't love it, it, but like people are really into it. And I just wonder if that's that, if there's that extra thing, there's that extra conversation piece, there's a driving focus for the week. Like every Sunday, I know I'm going to be with my friends watching these games. You know, like I, there is something for me to do. Basketball is so omnipresent. I don't make a date with my homies to watch some basketball. Games. Like, Who cares? I don't think so. You don't think so? It's election season, man. You know the meat is election gonna season going to matter. Yeah, but that story going. But it's yeah, going to, I think, calm things down thing. a bit. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it means nothing. I just wonder, like, the effects of something as massive as football. Because it's so weird. Like, may, ever since Corona, I've, I've, become, I've, like, I've lost. I haven't lost the value, but, like, the value of sports has kind of, like, dropped a little bit. But sports used to run the news cycle, dude. Yeah. Like football was a twenty, like a literally seven days a week, twenty four hours a day, twelve months a year. Sport. With a four month season, it made no sense. They were year round. How the fuck we talk about football all year? I don't know. You know, you know what I think. What happened? Uh, we took it out of our routine uh, because there was no sports to be talked about for such a long time, yeah. and now we filled up that time with other things. Yeah. So now that even though sports is back, it's still like, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to just drop the stuff that I filled that time with. So it's like we haven't picked it back up and soaked it into our lives the way that sports was consuming. I'm curious yeah, the ratings. That could be it. I'm curious because I think you will re- rediscover it like a couple weeks into the season if you're a football fan, yeah. which that's, I obviously am. That started to happen to me a little bit with basketball. Like, yeah. And that's some shit that happened with my girl. Like we got into a routine of me not watching sports. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, girls, they just get used to whatever you do, right? That they like, yeah. So now that I'm like watching some sports, it's almost like I'm watching sports on her time. Yeah, right? yeah. it's like, hold on now, yeah. this is sports time. This is that we took a little sabbatical from, yeah, because this Corona shit. Now we're getting back to the to the regular, but it's over. It's you know, over now. You ever give your dog a bone and then you try to take it and they get mad. Possessive. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, bone is over. Sports is here. Bone time is done. <laughs> Bro, it's so funny you said there's a thing called a bully that we Bully stick, yo. My happy be fucking growling. Growling, Snapped yo. at me one time. Bro, what's this? What's this? Okay, so it's like this little, it's it's some edible form. Maybe it's like It's, it's legit like a cow like dick. Like, <laughs> look well, it up. I don't know if it was that. Right? Look it up. Look up bully stick. Look up what it is. You about to be, yo, you about to find out wasabi's a little slooty. <laughs> And my dog's a little gay. Look at these dicks. <laughs> so whatever. It's like a dried, it's almost like uh, like jerky, but the most intense form of jerky. Yeah, it's just a chew toy. Chew toy. But they can actually eat it. Yeah. Okay. You give it, to, I give it to Cookie. Mm-hmm. I try to take the thing back from Cookie, right? Grouse. My girl goes, don't give Cookie the bully because she growls or she'll try to bite you if you try to take it back. And I'm watching her oh, tell me this. And I'm just like. It is a bull penis. Yeah. I told y'all. I be knowing shit, Yo, it's but a not bull really. Penis. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Oh, you did? Oh. No, I wasn't questioning him. Oh. Yeah. But wow. my point is, like, I'm watching my girl tell me this, and she's not getting that she's describing how she is <laughs> with sports. <laughs> Like I'm trying to take my sports back, and she's like, like she's not having that. We shouldn't have given them Corona, yo. We shouldn't have given the world Corona Son. for us to have more time with you. What was uh? Oh my god, I can't believe I'm fucking blanking on his goddamn name. Fat motherfucker that we used to do Geico with, John. John Gabris. Gabris. So Gabris would do this shit where he would never talk on his phone with his wife. But he would also never talk on his phone with his friends. 
when she when she called. He huh? kept consistency with his, the behavior with his girl okay. and when he wasn't with his girl. Because when his wife calls and he's with his friends, right? He's like, babe, I, sorry, I can't go. I don't like talking phone with friends. But then when he's with his wife and one of his friends calls him, it's, y'all, sorry, I got to go. I'm with my wife. Mm. So now when his girl calls when he's with the homies, she expects him to, to hang up. Oh, wow. And if we were smart, we would have kept the same behavior. We would have literally stared at the TV for two and a half hours if it was blank. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe, this is sports time. <laughs> All right, I want you to get used to this other shit. This is sports time. I'm committed. We are keeping it consistent. Three and a half hours every Sunday. Staring That's at a blank it. TV. Staring. Should have just started playing Madden or 2K as a show. <laughs> that would have been it. <laughs> Put on a simulation game like, yo, we watching sports. We're watching right? sports, babe. Get used to it. Oh, did man. did Joe Biden release another podcast besides the one that I listened to, yo? I listened to a 30-minute clip that he posted that oh. says what happened with Spotify on his YouTube, oh. which has far less subscribers than my YouTube, but let's not be, <laughs> let's not compare. Let's yeah, not compare, guys. Let's not compare. Guys. Let's, not compare. let's not compare. Listen, very successful in his own right, my son. Very successful <laughs> in his own right. No, my son is very successful in his own right. You know, I can help him out with this YouTube game if he wants, but it's all good. It's all good. So, and, and, and I thought... Al, I thought that I was being incredibly fair. I complimented him. I complimented his uh, listenability. I complimented his ability to garner an audience. And I complimented the connectivity that he has with his fans. My criticism came from a fundamental lack of understanding of corporate dynamics and how they do try to own you. I thought we articulated that. Where's the pushback, Al? Because everybody in the comments were like, y'all didn't listen to shit. And so many people said that. I was like, maybe we didn't listen to everything, bro. What I heard is there's a video clip that my homies checked out when they were talking to me about it. And he left out, like, for example, the watch thing I brought up. Somebody was like, I can't believe Spotify tried that watch shit. And I was like, but he wanted a watch. And they were like, whoa, really? I didn't hear that in the clip I listened to. Where is it? I had to go find it in the audio that he said, hey, I'll take this watch. And then they said no, because my point was like, all right, if you're upset at the watch, just say no to the watch if it's that offensive. And they were like, yo, that he never said yes to it. He said no to it. And I was like, we listen to different clips. Because the original podcast, when he first talked about it, he spoke on it for a really long time. More than a half hour? Yes. It was about an hour. So well, I think, that's on him for just saying. Yeah. He released a half hour clip of it. So maybe that's why you and Maybe saw, that's where our disconnect is. Maybe some things were left out of that yeah. clip. For example, me saying, oh, you're going to offer me a Rolex? Okay, I'll take a Rolex. And then they still said no, but. And this also might be, you know, when you have very, very strong fans of a person and whenever someone speaks out against that person, they just say, oh, you're dumb for not agreeing with whatever my fandom. Let me thing. tell you something. That I realize Joe too. Budden clearly is a lot more popular than we realize because our comments <laughs> are wildly negative on this one. I try to tell you. <laughs> no, nah, and I said it, I think, in the piece. Like, he's yeah. he's garnered intense fans, which is amazing, and that's credit to him. I just, from what I read in the clip that he, not read, listened to in the clip that he posted, I didn't see, I saw a fundamental lack of understanding of how corporations operate. That's just what I saw. Now, his criticism of corporations is accurate. And I, I now understand, I didn't understand this prior, but not because of Joe Biden, because of something else, but I now understand why you often hear the slave analogy used when it comes to like athletes and like the owners of the teams. 
Like they you go. Not realizing that. Well, here's the thing. I never realized it before for this reason. I was like, well, you can't be a slave if you're getting paid millions of dollars. And you wanted to do it. And you wanted to do it, and it's your okay. choice, right? Yeah. And I always thought that was like insulting to what slaves went through. It's like, why would you compare, you know, what you're doing? playing a sport and can pay millions of dollars compared to like these people who are like forced into servitude for their entire life. And like those things are fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. Here is the connectivity being owned. They do own you. That's what I was going to say. They do own you. You are a, you're it's a, they pay a lot to own you and the money goes to you, but they own you. They own you. And that lack of freedom. Mm. When we equate, what do we think of with slavery? Lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that lack of freedom, we jump to slavery. Now, when we think about slavery, we go uh, black people getting whipped and you know forced to do these horrible tasks, et cetera. That's way different than a sport. But the idea of corporations, this goes back to our conversation about like trying to like carve out the moat so they don't have to innovate. Mm-hmm. The idea behind these cor- uh, corporations is I want to own you. They carve out the moat so you trapped in that fucking house. You trapped in that house. You trapped in that castle. I want to own Beautiful you. castle. Beautiful castle. You ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. Better like the view. <laughs> That's what it is. So the... the, you, the <laughs> you got so excited to go onto the island, you didn't realize they put up that drawbridge and they stuck you in that motherfucker. Stuck. So here's the thing. I understand now where coming from. I think the word slave should never be used. Just because... In the same way that I think the word like privilege should never be used. Like white privilege, just don't use the word. Like it's not a privilege that I don't get shot by the cops. That's what it should be. Mm-hmm. So stop talking about what should be normal for black people as a privilege because mm-hmm. then nobody will be on your side to support it. If you go, yo, I want normal, then white people will go, well, yeah, y'all deserve normal. Yeah. But when you tell people they're privileged, everybody got shit in their life they don't like. Dad's dying of cancer, you're going to tell me I'm privileged or something like that. Not me personally, but like then white people are like, well, fuck you for that. It shouldn't be a privilege. It should be bare minimum. Yeah. We should all be at bare minimum get Yeah, that. but that's why we say white privilege because we don't even get the He's just minimum. talking from a oh. marketing aspect. If you're trying to get, we understand, you're right. He's just saying marketing wise, when you say that to white people who are struggling, they hear their privilege oh. and they're like, no, I'm not privileged. Yeah. And then they push back. Whereas there might be more, if you're just like, yo, we don't get basic human rights. They'd yeah. be like, oh, that's fucked up. I, don't get, I get basic human rights. My life sucks, but I get basic human rights. That sucks. Y'all don't get that. Like, yeah. it's you, just you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a privilege compared to what you're experiencing. Yeah. But I would argue what you're experiencing is should not be the normal. Yeah. It should not be what you're promised by the constitution. Mm-hmm. You're underprivileged. Yeah. You need to boost that up to regular. Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong, there are people who have privilege. Billionaires kids, me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm 6'2". I have both of my parents. Like yeah. these things you could argue are privileged 100%. But it, I guess my point is like that little marketing thing. I wish we could switch. Like I wish I could like sit down with like BLM or all these people like the left and just be like, yo, get that out of here. Stop talking about like that. Because I really do believe there are like a lot of decent white people out there. It's like, yo, I don't want people to get less than the constitutional rights yeah. they deserve. Like let's fuck. Yo, what are talking we doing about, here? A lot like, of people are already angry with how their lives are. And if you're telling them they're privileged, that angry part of them is like, fuck you, I'm privileged. What are you talking about? I'm very good at, at communicating. So yeah. that was brilliant. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're really. just angry. And then if they, they feel like their life sucks, and if you tell them they're privileged, that part of them is angry and insecure. It's like, yo, fuck you. I'm not privileged. My sh- I got this, this, and this. If you're like, yo, we don't get basic human rights, they'd be like, oh, my life sucks. But y'all don't get basic human rights. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so back to the corporate thing. So you, you they want to own you, man. 
And it's like, let's take away the word slavery, but talk, talk about being owned. You don't have the freedom to operate as you want to operate. Yeah. I understand it now. And I understand it even if you're an athlete that's getting paid $30 million a year. But you're making that company a billion dollars a year and you don't have the freedom to go make up that other shit. You feel owned if you're an NCAA athlete, right? You don't have the free now you do, but before you didn't have the freedom to make money off your likeness, but they can make billions of dollars off of you. I can understand how you feel owned. Yes, you're signing up to be owned. To that point, Joe said his smallest check was Spotify. So you're feeling like I'm making you billions. You're paying me less than everybody else. I make you the most Mm -hmm. emotionally. Fuck you. You owe me. I'm trapped here. I was go go go. I, I felt go go. I would say that's if he had known that going in, he might be more okay with it. All right. Spotify going to pimp me, but I'm going to pimp them as hard as I can until this contract is up and then it's done. And I felt bad when I was looking at the comments. I was like, yo, we're pretty nuanced. And and when we talk about things like we we actually read and we actually watch the videos, unless we're doing feelings, no facts. Like and something like this is is important because it affects us all. And economists were so fucked up. And I was like, well, man, maybe we fundamentally misunderstood, you know, what Joe was trying to say. Or maybe we didn't read or like listen to or watch something that he was trying to say. Maybe we got this wrong. And then I heard from the grapevine that Joe asked Spotify for $250 million. (laughs) What? Yes. Wait. Wait. What? (laughs) This is a reliable grapevine? This is is a reliable grapevine (laughs) that he asked Spotify for $250 million. So everybody in the comments, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) This goofy out here talking about $250 million. $250 million? Yo, that business education he was talking about, he's getting, you you need to keep educating, buddy. $250 million? Wait, what? They wouldn't even give you a fucking Rolex Submariner. You want $250 million? His line of thinking is, I probably, I outperform all the Ringer podcasts. This is what they got. I should get that. I don't even think he's comparing himself to Rogan. I think he got Rogan. I don't think so either. I think his, and and I don't think that's actually, if I pull back, I can kind of see where he's thinking. I blow all these podcasts out of the wall. I can't say it's a fact. This is alleged. You know what I mean? Now, Usually that's not that's enough information for the I media just, to run wild. I gotta hear how he came to this number. Somewhere. I think it's the ringer. I think it's the ringer. Ringer yeah, was two hundred fifty million. Right? Comes with a bunch of shows. Well, to y'all him, didn't he, see the list like how that girl did Dr. Dre's ex-wife. Though. <laughs> 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 hey Taylor, that's, Yo, great, that's yeah. funny. Joe got Dr. Dre's ex-wife's lawyer <laughs> to sign a contract, bro. Yo, what's more ludicrous? Dr. Dre's ex-wife, she sounds mad reasonable after Joe was asking for $250 million, right? Yo, Ten times yo, the amount. Pay her. Oh, my God. At least she was married to the man. Oh, my God. Wow. $250 okay. million, bro. I right. think that's more than Rogan got. You yeah, got to be crazy to ask for that. I think that's more than Rogan got. So this is what we're talking about, about not truly understanding how corporations operate and the dynamics within a corporation. And that was my criticism in that video. And thank you so much, Joseph Budden, for um, making me right. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that's all. Is there anything else? I guess my only thing is I uh, not even Joe Budden. Whoever's listening, the only thing I want the fans who like listen to us who get it is when you sign a contract, know as much as you can about this deal when you go into yes. it. Yes. And then do everything you can on the front end to get what you can out of them. And if that don't work for you, start a Patreon. <laughs> yeah, because look, $50 million. Bro. I, want, Still, I, I want the camera on Black Alex right now. <laughs> I really can't understand that. $250 million is crazy. Now, I, I will say this. I applaud anyone that is creating leverage on an independent platform. That's Joe Budden. That's mm-hmm. us. That's Joe Rogan. And creating enough leverage where those contracts that they sign with mainstream media, because we should be able to operate with mainstream media. We should be able to blend. We should just do it in a way that's fair for us, right? I applaud them that are trying to create those contracts where they are less owned, Mm -hmm. where there is more freedom to operate. And you earn that freedom by... Creating the leverage yourself. Joe Budden's best shot at two hundred fifty million is go independent. Your ne- the next time somebody tries to buy you out, that shit was going to be a lot of money because he's going to create something independently that works. And when it works, oh. somebody wants to buy you and and then own your 100%. shit. Hundred percent. All right, now you have to pay. Joe them could start a Patreon and probably make more money than they were making, or at least the same amount of money than they were making at Spotify. I mm-hmm. bet you. I think they have I a think, devout fan yeah. base, and I oh, think yeah. that they could do well on Patreon because yeah. people are already willing to pay for Spotify. But I do applaud anybody that's trying to do it because everything that I've done in my stand up career has been outside for the purposes of my own success. The reason I share it with other comics is because I want to create a situation where they can have independence and leverage and then use that leverage to get very fair contracts with mainstream media. Because we shouldn't have to fight mainstream media. The ideal situation is that we work together, but we bring people, they bring people, and if we're both bringing people... We both got to get paid and we both got to have freedom. Yeah. You know what? I commend them, even though I do think the number's a little ridiculous, I commend them for ha- like that feeling of value and saying, hey, if, I, if you guys don't give me what I think I'm worth, I'm out of here. So I commend them for that because it also sets the benchmark for everybody who comes after you. Yep. So it's now it's like it adds a little value to, let's say, hip hop or music podcasts where it's sure. like, yo, look at what I did. And now you can value yourself within that range. You create your own value. Yes. Someone yeah. else validates. So the value. I, I'll give them that. But, whoa, I need to see how he came to that. No, that's absurd. Yeah. 250 million is absolutely absurd. Maybe it was 250 million for all the podcasts that would operate under him. Maybe uh, the 360 for him and everybody on the podcast. Everybody else, this, that, the other. Oh. But it's still an absurd amount of money. Like you just don't have enough eyeballs for it. Um, but look, man, you know, you can have the biggest Patreon in the world. I'm curious to know those, those numbers do that. Go try it. (laughs) Anyway, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Um, thank you guys for listening. We do have a Patreon episode. Happens to be the biggest comedy Patreon in the world. No big deal. Not, I mean, not a big deal. (laughs) You know what I mean? Only the biggest one in our field of interest. That's just what we do. That's how we do. I mean, that's just no big deal. But, and uh, that's every Friday. So we'll have another episode coming up this Friday. Mark probably won't be here for it. Piece of shit. And, um, <laughs> it is what it is. You know Congrats, what I mean? Mark. Hopefully, wedding, so. hopefully Taylor, hopefully with Taylor, will be there. Taylor, thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. Taylor, yeah. thank you for thank being here. Thank you so here. much. Oh, my God. I loved it. I had so I, much. I just loved it. Alex felt funny. so comfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did. It was, it was, he just feels Definitely so more pleasant to look at than Mark. I'll give you that. Much. Is that right? Way more showered. 
Yeah, way <laughs> What are you talking smaller. about? Mark has lovely blind locks. Greasy know. locks. Yeah, they're greasy. They're greasy. Locks. I never, yeah. t- I never, no, you never, I touched never, never touched them. Touched them. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, look, we love y'all, man. We appreciate y'all for your support. Um, go listen to Joe Button, man. They listen. People fuck with them. We're not telling you not to go listen to them. Go listen to them. I know a lot of y'all fuck with Joe Button. Enjoy the fucking podcast. This is great. Y'all should be. Um, and if y'all enjoy a two hundred fifty million dollars worth, please tell me because. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything worth two hundred fifty million dollars. I never listened to anything worth two hundred fifty million dollars of y'all. Yeah, no. Maybe this. Maybe hey. this. This is it right here. I wouldn't charge two fifty. I'm being honest with you. I wouldn't charge two fifty, bro. I love it. Don't you're get not, me wrong. Hey, you're not negotiating like an Indian. You yeah. let me handle this negotiation. All, <laughs> All right, bro. Get us two fifty for it, man. I'm gonna get us that. All right, bet. Anyway, we love y'all. We appreciate you. We see you over at Patreon. Patreon.com/slashflagrant2. We got a new episode every single week. Um, it's the greatest bargain in the history of comedy. We'll see you mm-hmm. there. Peace. God bless.